Welcome back, Rage Nation. Definitely not PR friends. Myself, Pete. He needs to stop, like, fucking getting cute with these kicks. John the Mountain Man Stokes. You're not putting them on my models, motherfucker. Chris the non-tech Asian. Put the tape measure up and get some wages. You, yeah, no, you really frustrated me. You walked away and you came back and your scalpel had been thrown across the room. <laughs> I'm just here so I don't get fined. I will will share with you my one rage quit story. Dude, I'm a robot and I don't have a solo personality. This is going to be a really great opportunity for everybody to see how you effed up. Welcome back, Rage Nation. We are at it again. We got Pete here with Senior Chris and minus, minus a Dixon. No Dixon. But, well, yeah, they had the hurricane run through there. And apparently he lost uh, lost some power on the island. And The island has no power. I mean, in, in an island like that, when it comes comes through, it's going to gonna mess up the infrastructure for sure but we are here to help everybody out with some malvo yeah we're going to talk about some uh we're actually going to do the last of the faction up guide up up guides faction guides and we're going to talk about yep up guides for the old explorers so this is the only one that we didn't do when i put these out last year and that's mainly because they were new and i wanted to make sure we got some games in and now everything's been released, pretty much. And we've gotten a lot of games in. Yeah, we've gotten a lot of games in because Chris decided to pick them up and having a ball with them. I flexed into Explorers, and they are now my favorite faction. Yeah, which is weird because you were a super Rezzer homeboy over there. It's true. So, yeah, definitely cool to see what you found and what you like and what you don't like about certain things. So before we get into that, though, make sure that you guys are checking us out on social media. Check us on the Facebooks, the old Instagrams, and the old Twitters. We also got RageQuitWire.com where we put up articles and cards and information. Going to have a lot of stuff up there about some of these new titles that have been released. We just released our title last week. We talked about the Mecha Meemaw and the old uh, May thing. So that was a really cool episode. Go back and check it out if you haven't. We did a lot of cool just talking and bitching about those cards. I'm pretty sure everyone has listened to that by now. It, it has, and we appreciate it. There was a lot of people that listened in onto that one, and got. I'm sure we got some new listeners, and we're glad that you guys uh, somewhat enjoy hearing us talk about stuff we don't know, but we talk about it anyways. <laughs> so, And then finally, if you want to support us directly, you can check us out at patreon.com slash ragequitwire, where you can support us for as little as a dollar. And we need that money to keep this uh, keep this going. Yeah, so the cool thing is uh, the next thing that is up on the chopping block just to make, because I've been having a real pain in, pain in the ass kind of uh, experience editing this video for this battle report and trying to get out. And I, I just decided it's probably mostly just the program that I'm, not, I'm using that's crap. So I'm actually, the next thing on the chopping block is to buy a good either uh, editing software or just buy a editing software included on a new laptop. That's probably what I'm going to end up doing. But... Um, that'll mostly be on my money. We don't have nearly enough patrons to pull <laughs> off getting a laptop. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably chip in a little bit for that too because I love doing battle reports. For sure, yeah. We got the setup. Now we just need the editing part of it. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of next. We want to thank our patrons for helping us out. We got a couple new ones that signed up uh, and we appreciate what you guys do for us. Uh, makes it worth doing the podcast because it helps alleviate some of the cost. So that being said, we're going to get into some Explorers nonsense. And this is kind of an interesting faction guide because it's new. 
And also, I think a lot of people would argue, Chris, that the power is is good in this faction. Uh, there's powerful stuff in each faction, but there's a lot going on with this. So we will definitely get into that. But first, like I did with all the other faction guides, I, I like to talk about what's the fluff or what's the background of this faction? Because it's it seems almost a little bit random with what they're including. So I, I'll just kind of start us off. The Explorer Society is basically this group of people that they, they're exploring Malifaux for whatever gains and purposes that they have. They're, they're exploring it. They're trying to get resources. They're trying to hunt. They're trying to find, you know, these um, just different things in this crazy world. So you have some people like Lord Cooper, who he's literally just trying to hunt the big game. He's trying to, you know, find the creatures that he can add to basically his wall. Uh, you have Cadmus, which was this really interesting, almost like bug-like creatures that were put away for like a, a long, long time, but they've been found again. So they've been explored and now they're actually spying on like people in Malifaux. So the eyes and ears are actually, they look like normal people, but they're giving that information back to Nexus. And it's this like underground weaving of gathering information, spying, and probably eventually attacking Malifaux. Uh, let's see here. Any, I don't know, Chris, if, if you like the look and feel of a crew, what's the one that you think you like the look and feel of the best without just rules? Without rules, the look and feel, uh, yep. probably Seeker with Jetsa. Okay. Why do you like that one? Uh, she, I mean, she just aesthetically, all the models are very pleasing to the eye. I mean, yeah. And if you don't know yet what that keyword does, the fluff almost behind that one is Jedsa is looking for like eternal life. So it's all about trying to keep keep herself alive, which she's pretty much a skeleton at this point wrapped up. She is a skeleton wrapped up and she let her, her model looks amazing. I love, she's got the umbrella so that her skin doesn't bake away. Yeah. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And then the, the other one, I'll just talk about the background that I think is really cool is English Ivan and the, you know, ungentlemanly affairs with the shadows and, and just using the shadows to gain profit and gain, you know, clout in the world of Malifaux is just really cool. And he's, he's just got this cool, you know, derby hat on and a cane and he's just, he's going to walk in and just own the place. I, I can feel it. Absolutely. <laughs> and then I think Anya has, I'm not, I'm not as familiar with Anya's background, but I think she runs the railroad system in Malifaux. Uh, yeah. So the background of it is just really cool. Just with the, uh, they're exploring Malifaux. They're all, it's very unique because they all have their own lane that they're trying to get to. They're trying to, you know, gain something for their own purpose. So all the masters for explorers are definitely cool. They are. Absolutely. Well, I mean, they're all, yeah. Okay. They're all cool. Yeah. <laughs> they are. They're very interesting. Yeah. Well, well and Dixon, I mean, don't, st don't stress too bad because if you cut in and out, we'll just work with your audio the best we can. I'm sorry about that. No, hey, don't, you don't have to be sorry for, you know, hurricane problems. We know all about that in South Carolina. Yeah. South Carolina, man. South Kakalaki. Dude, Louisiana just got hit too. It's like category four. Yeah. <laughs> I think they might've got it even a little worse than you guys because I think it gained power before it hit Louisiana. Yes, because it dodged us. Yeah, it's like as yeah. soon as it dodged us and it went just under like Cuban stuff, it just picked up power and all of a sudden it just oh, yeah. went, bam. It yeah. just when it sat on the coast, just generating more and more and more and more. And yeah, then yeah. It, it was like yeah. woo wee. 
<laughs> the golf is like a battery. Anyway, but what what have you guys been talking yeah, about? Yeah, so so before? we've just been uh, talking about the background of the Explorers Masters mm. and just sharing what we like about the background. Chris is a little more ignorant to it. <laughs> he doesn't know the fluff of the of the I don't, cruise I as really much. Don't. Yeah. So I was just seeing it. Is there anything, Dixon, you like about their background? I have no idea. Yeah! Yeah. yeah! You, you, guys, are just, you, you guys are just power gaming whores. No, no, no. I, I only know Nexus. And the reason is because it's related to Titania. So All I right. Well, what's Nexus's background? Yeah, Ty- Titania is the, the son of a bitch that let Cadmus out. No. Yes. It's the son of a bitch that made it. Titania was fighting the the war against the tyrants, and she needed help. So, in order to actually, you know, be a little bit stronger, she created Cadmus. But eventually, Cadmus started doing things that Titania specifically prohibited, which was it started taking over people at the court, and it wasn't supposed to do that. It was supposed to take over non-court people only, right? So Titania tried to stop it, couldn't stop it. So instead, it put it to sleep. Yeah, and didn't she wake it back up? Nope. Meredith Stanley, the doctor, she woke oh. up. Yep. Yep. Makes sense. Yeah, Kaitera, like, started kind of, like, you know, waking it up a little bit, like, kind of, like, nudging it forward. Then Meredith Stanley found it, and then in exchange for, like, you know, upping its power, uh, Cadmus decided not to take it over. And yeah. Yeah, that's how they became uh, a partner. Well, good deal. Well, we're going to go ahead and get into the good part of this. So they if you like fluff, though, it definitely is interesting and different, because like I said, each master almost has their different lane that they're focused on as far as the society goes. And it's just the loose. They're exploring Malifaux for their own gains. That kind of brings them together. So um, that's kind of the gist of it. So. I'm going to start off, we're going to go, like I said, keyword by keyword, and we'll just talk about kind of what the play style is, what they're good at, and what they're bad at, and where we like them as far as the scheme pool goes. So let's go ahead and start off with Apex, and I think this is the one that's kind of, it's interesting to me because it feels fun to play, but I think a lot of people would argue that power-wise, it's it's the least powerful in the faction. Yeah, so, yeah, it's definitely, it, it. it looks like it should be the most powerful with Cooper's shots and everything like that. But uh, as a as a keyword, all in all, they're not very powerful. Yeah, and just to, a caveat with this as well, we're not going to talk about any of the titles that have been released just because we'll do a special episode. I think when a lot of that is out, we'll do kind of the titles for each keyword. So we're just doing the main core faction in M3E. So... Looking at Lord Cooper, he does have this huge rifle. It's almost like Seamus-esque, right? You can shoot it once, twice if you do the bonus, and it just blasts people. It just destroys models. 357, that's good. So, Chris, you've played Cooper a lot. So what are you trying to do with a Cooper crew? Kill. I'm trying to kill. That's (laughs) Just take models off the board? Pretty much what Cooper does. He just tries and kills. And it's not exactly the, the strongest you know, thing to do. I mean, it, with Malifaux, you, you want to win the game. You don't want to just kill everything. Yeah, I mean, if you like the idea of, like, hunting and you like the idea of monsters, I mean, they have a Tyrannosaurus Rex in their keyword. Cooper is also trying to shoot his own totems because he gets benefits if they die and they also get benefits if they run away off the board. 
So you can play this really fun mini game. It's one of the most fun crews I've played in the game as far as the way it plays. Competitive-wise, there's a lot going on. Yeah, it has its problems, though, because a lot of it is ranged attacks. And if you have either a crew that can really put up a lot of concealment or if the board's not good as far as line of sight, you can really have a lot of problems as far as taking down targets. Absolutely. And that's all it really does. Like I was saying, it just wants to kill. Well, and probably the most powerful thing I've seen you do with Cooper, Chris, is actually you... I think it was the, is it what, the Crypsis Core sniper? Yeah, the, the Crypsis Core and the Vigetti Huntsman. Yeah, and you want to talk about what, what they do real quick? Because that is a good interaction. Yeah, great uh, great crew. Um, basically, the Crypsis Core uh, emulates any type of terrain that's around him. And the Vegeta Huntsman puts out the Pit Trap Markers. Um, so keeping them together, throwing out a Pit Trap Marker, walking up right next to it. The, the Crypsis, Crypsis core has beneath the leaves while he's within three inches of severe hazardous and or concealing. Enemy models treat the area within three inches of him as that same terrain. So he puts out a bubble of just sweet goodness. Yeah, because it, it, the counter, and this is why I thought that is a good combo. So I actually think you found something with Cooper that works really well is because uh, the answer to Cooper was dive in on him and kill him, right? Just Or either tie him up so he can't shoot. Right. Well, if if you go into him and start attacking and he's in hazardous, you're going to take a point of damage for everything you're doing in there. Yep, exactly. And it's enemy models treat the area. So, yeah. you know, friendly models just do whatever they want. Yeah, that was a really cool, uh, cool little interaction that I know you found out with him when you were playing them. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Dixon, what do you like about the keyword as far as what it does? They have a lot of combo potential. That's actually the main thing that I do like about them. For example, if you can somehow get them without hands, because there's multiple ways to actually get them uh, to not have a, a head of cards, right? Towards the yeah. end of the, game, the, the turn. The Vatagi Huntsman has set up the kill. So if an enemy model suffers any damage from a pit trap and they don't discard a card, you get to have free attacks. Somebody was talking about like a, a silly, crazy combo between the Vatagi Huntsman and one of the new models that has um, uh, the ability to discard card to have a beast attack the same guy that you hit. Like, you attack somebody, right? And then you can discard a card to have a beast in melee range with that, attack that same guy, right? So if then you do an attack that pushes people, you can push it into a pit trap or you can have the pit trap just be nearby and then it triggers, set up the kill. It's just like a cascade of stuff. Yeah, and I, I definitely think that this crew, if you can get the combos to get the extra shots, for example, Euler is probably an auto bring for me just because, one, he has I got your back so he can get Cooper out of engagement. But then also, if he's on a target, Euler can go ahead and get the hold down trigger, which lets you shoot into combat ignoring friendly fire. And Model 9 does something similar where you can ignore friendly fire and put out injured. So the whole idea of this crew is put out injured, Try to make it hard for people to engage you and just get as many shots down range as you can. Yeah, the only problem that I had with the Vitagi, Vitagi Huntsman is that uh, the setup the kills only once per turn. So that was disappointing. It's, yeah, if, uh, it, if it misses, then you're kind of like, eh. Yeah, so there it is. You've got five chances to have that go off. Yeah, I mean, as far as play style, I love how this plays. 
I just think if you're a competitive player, this is one of the ones that probably is lower on the totem because as we're going to talk about, there's a lot of masters in this in this uh, faction that do a lot of killing as well. And it's more consistent, I think, is the better way to describe it. Yeah, much more consistent. Absolutely. Yeah, like the last tournament that I went to, the only time that I would have dropped Cooper in there was with Turf War. Um, and Seeker just did it better. Yeah, and we'll definitely get into Seeker in a little bit. Uh, so let's. that's a great point into this. So if we look at strats and schemes, what is Cooper good into? So what is Cooper going to be a good drop into as far as, let's start with strats. I think you just said Turf War. Yeah, Turf War. Turf War is good because he kills from a distance. So you're going to be flipping uh, your opponent's already uh, captured markers back over to neutral. So you're going to deny them points. Yeah, if your opponent brings any kind of squishy minions, you can just kill them and just flip their marker. It's really really good. Symbols, I I would not bring no. Into. He doesn't really have a lot of movement shenanigans where he gets can get over to the other side yeah. of the board. Unless your opponent just puts him in the very you know the very middle of the board, you're not getting any of those symbols. Um, yeah, I think a good point of that too is I don't. Well, I don't know. I think actually, turf war into a corner deployment like it Cooper's slow, but also that gives you more opportunity to shoot at your opponent. So that might actually not be that bad because you get more shots before they get into you. Yeah, but you, there are other movement shenanigans that you could do with a Cooper crew. So you can get them up the board. Uh, yeah, to, intimidating roar, stuff like that. To the third point, you know, about a third of the way up the board without any problems. Yeah. Okay. What about any schemes? What are some good schemes that Cooper probably likes? Assassinate. Assassinate. <laughs> research mission? No. Uh, or no, not, not research really. Mission. Death Meds. No. Death, no. Well, yeah, you they, have to set can, up death they can, put out a, they can put out a trap, though, right? You just put down a trap. Yeah, but the, it's not a great distance. It's a six-inch or eight-inch trap. What is it, six or eight-inch? I, I, think think I think it's eight. I think it's eight, yeah. Yeah, where they can launch it. Yeah, where they can launch it. Um, <laughs> so you're looking at, you know, maybe claim jump because you can get in the middle with that, you know, the Kripsis core or the Vitagi Huntsman duo and just kind of hold the middle where it's a bubble of hazardous. Um Claim jump, you know, assassinate. I really, there's not a lot. Of Claim good jump choices. and assassinate. There it is. There's there's not a lot of good choices with Cooper. Uh, you got vendetta. You could do vendetta. Uh, yeah, okay. No, you can. I mean, you got the dogs, Uller specifically. He can by your side after you have somebody down below. Yeah, health. that's true. Absolutely, you're right. Yeah. yeah, he's a damn good dog. Like stats, stats six for a six point model that can do. One, two, three points of damage and stagger and appear out of anywhere. Yeah, and that's kind of one of the interesting things about him is like, it, I think when gaining grounds changes again, if they have a killy like strategy, like more killy than Turf War, because Turf War is killy, but you really don't have to. You don't have to. That's the thing. They took away two. They took away two killies. <laughs> If it's straight up just kill stuff, Cooper will get stronger. So I think he just has to wait his rotation almost a little bit here. I don't think he needs a buff, but I think he's good. Even against concealment crews, he can put himself at a po- well to a positive, but then adds a negative to the damage or vice versa with predatory instinct. So he can get around things like concealment. He just puts himself then at a negative for the damage. Yeah, he has multiple ways to get around friendly fire 
and he yeah. has some way he has a natural way to get at least one shot ignoring concealment yeah effectively ignoring concealment yeah so that's what i'm saying there's ways he has to work around it it's just right now in gaining grounds too i don't think the pool is is good for him i don't i think it, it needs to be more of a killy pool killy strat and I think he's ready to go guns blazing as soon as that happens. Yeah, he was great with gaining ground, you know, with last game. Yeah, yeah he was better with one for sure. Public enemy. Yeah. It was, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, and I think that's kind of like the weakness that we're getting to then with him is that he's just, he's, he's a little slower. Like they have movement shenanigans, but they are slower. They can have problems with the board if there's not clear line of sight to targets. And gaining grounds too is just, not really productive for him in a lot of pools. So and, I think that's kind of... And you also need to have the bellhop porter. I hate the bellhop porter. I mean, to, to what, <laughs> increase size so you can see over stuff? I'm just saying, like, that seems to be a, a, a necessary model, and that model is really bad. <laughs> <laughs> People are still going to grill us over that. That's fine. I'm, everybody loves their models that they love. It, it's just fine. We're not bellhop porter fans. That's true. Except for the, the way it looks, it's cool. So I yeah so I did play Bellhop Porter and the Maxine a, a couple of couple of games. I see where he's decent, but he's just not good. <laughs> he's got like one place. Yeah, I need to go right. over that tree. Yep. <laughs> okay, let, let's go ahead and get into our next keyword. I think that's probably one of the shorter ones we're going to talk about, just because it's kind of like right now. Yeah. But the next one that's kind of interesting and definitely before GG two people hated it was Cadmus. So Cadmus is this, it's a very much a synergistic crew and it's really cool because you can, as long as you're within a certain distance of Cadmus models, you can get benefits from healing and damage by spreading it out. So Chris, how do you, how do you feel after you've played this one a handful of times? Cause I, I think you got a better idea of how it feels now when you play it. I yeah I love Cadmus. She's one of my favorite uh, next. One of my favorite masters now. I really enjoy the mechanics of setting things up in order for those domino. In order for me to you know hit all those dominoes down, and they all line up. <laughs> three for three. Yeah. He likes the three OP masters, all three in a row. Colette first, then von Stuck, and now Cadmus. <laughs> I don't but, know. I, I don't know. It wasn't that big of a clip. <laughs> yeah. But as far as Nexus goes, like I said, it so GG2 kind of helped keep it in check a little bit because of the summoning changes. So now when you summon something, they can't do the strat and they can scheme after, you know, one turn of summoning. And then also you can't heal if you are full up. So they can't heal anymore when they're full and then pass it off to heal a model. If you're full, you don't technically heal, so you can't pass off any healing that you do. Sure. I mean, that used, still, that used to be did. bad. It did, it did. But still, there are ways to get around that. I mean, Nexus just floods the board with models. Yeah, it, it does get pretty ridiculous. I think the game Chris and I played, there was one turn I had like seven pass tokens, and I had like nine models in my crew, so it wasn't even, I was down that much. Jesus. He had Ma. He, don't let yeah, him exaggerate. I did get a Ram he to get Ma. two on my, you know, I'm by myself, but still. I did give him five. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I just got two by myself. Jeez. Uh, so what do you like in this crew, Chris? What's something where you're like, I'm starting to really like how this operates? 
Oh, I like I like the synergistic uh, the the synergistic necessity of having all those different models. I love that. I love having to think your turn through. I don't like mindless turns like McMorning used to be and stuff like that. I love having to think about it, and I like the uh, the superior game of chess. Yeah, and it's interesting too because they have this mechanic called parasite tokens. And so this can't be removed. Once it's on you, it's on you. And basically it treats them as a, as a Cadmus model. So if you take damage, and I think it's what, four inches away? Or is it? Yeah. It's four. Yeah, it's yeah. Four you, can, you can take one point of damage that you take and give it to that model, that activation. So once Absolutely. per activation, I'm taking damage, but I'm going to give it to that model. Yeah, and it's if you put another Parasite token on, it's two irreducible damage. Yeah, that, that's fun. Great, yeah, great, great way. I was just gonna say, if you heal those models with the parasite token, you can also pass one. Yeah, you can pass the healing. Yeah. It's super dumb because, like, oh, I got regen one. You never get that one. You never. Yeah, because they're like, thanks. <laughs> you're gonna heal my model. Yeah, thank exactly. you. I appreciate that. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's good. For sure. And there's a lot. There's a lot of models that can put out web markers and scheme markers, which is what Nexus wants. So, I mean, it's yeah, you just. Keep putting them out. Pete yeah, no, took away two of my web markers the last game we played, and I'm just like, uh, I gotta. Yeah, I gotta well, web, web markers. Work. I would say web markers are used to summon your models. It's you use them to place models, and yeah, it, they're just good. So that was the crazy thing is, I think I, I mean I ended up winning the game against Cadmus with Maw, but that's because I brought Gluttony to remove two of your web markers, which just set you back that entire turn. It did. And then you're like, okay, now I have to go get that model so that doesn't happen again. Exactly. And I did. I mean, Gluttony was seriously hurting. I'm surprised you don't use the, um, whatchamacallit, the avatar, the emissary. I, I mean, I do. I just wanted to, I liked Gluttony in there just because I can put out four damage just and get rid of markers. Yeah. Whereas, and I can do that at range. At whereas the, range. the emissary so has to go in there and ends up getting a parasite token and then yeah they just swarm on them okay you don't you definitely don't like that i <laughs> got that well because dixon i mean you weren't you didn't see the game but i basically ended up just using maw to it was break the line mm. so i basically used maw to go around cadmus to go score my points and my goal was to just not interact with cadmus as much as possible mm. and just go get and i ended up getting like six or seven points out of it whatever we ended up with chris but that's the thing is once you get into Cadmus, it can get really nasty really quick, especially if they get one of those parasite tokens on you. It's just, it, it gets miserable. Absolutely. It does. So if you like not having friends, you too can play Cadmus. <laughs> yeah. Cadmus is fun. I'm enjoying Cadmus thoroughly. It is a very synergistic crew that plays well with all of the other models and it's keyword, and you have extra points to be able to take versatile bottles. Like I've taken Tannenbaum a couple of times. I've taken Winston a couple of times. Um, the Alpinist and the uh, the Effigy. Hmm. Yeah, yeah and, and they're definitely interesting because they are, especially the, the Archivist is drawing you a bunch of cards. Uh, you are moving your models around, and Nexus even gets this weird activation at the end. She double activates essentially but it's different. Uh, so Chris, can you talk us through what is the second activation? So Nexus is summoning models during basically her first activation and moving models around. 
what is she doing during that mini activation at the end yeah. of the turn? So at the mini activation, at the end of the turn, she's just getting a little bit of extra move. So you could do non-bonus general actions um, unless you get certain suits, which she can ping herself for point of damage to gain certain suits. But uh, Ram lets you do a uh, melee attack. Um, I forget what the other two suits are, but well, one of the, them lets the better, you interact. I would say the better one is you can interact with models that are insignificant. Yeah, exactly. So you were going to use that, except for you just didn't get it off, but you were going to use it to have an eyes and ears flip it over, right? The, exactly. The breakthrough. Yep. So it's and just eyes and ears so useful. Around. Yeah, absolutely. It, it would have been, so I would have flipped it to the other eyes and ears and then flipped it over to the other side, which would point. have gained me research mission and scoring the point. But obviously I didn't have any cards, so it wasn't great. It didn't work. Sad face. No. So yeah, that's that's interesting as well. Summoning a bunch of models. I love how you're always going to see Meredith in there because she can turn an eyes and ears into a berserker husk, which is ten times better than a damn eyes and ears. Really good. Yeah, berserker husks are really good. Yeah, they're just a cheap beater that just goes in there and can kill stuff. Yeah, uh, they're ruthless. Uh, you can't uh, declare any resistance triggers off of uh, when you're engaging them. Yeah, they're they're really good. And what the what does she turn it with? Like it's just a wet marker, or does she have? It's to a wet marker within four, and she has to be within four of an eyes and ears. That just it, happens, right? right? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, at the beginning of her turn, it's it's not an you know it's not an action. It's not an AP point. There's it's a just, fungus among us. Yeah, a fungus among us. It's. She has to be within four inches of the eyes and ears and uh, the four inches of the wet marker, and she could change it. It's good. Yeah, and it's replaced, so it's, you know, and then it heals three. So the eyes and ears starts with three, heal at three, so the Berserker has to six, you know, six, he, point, or six uh, health. Out of what, eight, if I remember, right? Out of, yeah, out of eight. Yeah, they're just, they're definitely good, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And then when they take damage, they have a uh, a defense trigger, which it's auto builds in that they get to move four inches towards the model that damaged them. But they're only yeah. movement four and defense four. I mean, they can't yeah. be good, right? Yeah, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, so I, good. yeah, I think you see Cadmus and you just, you either got to be like using a scalpel and being very surgical with your, your actions to get the important stuff or you just need to ignore it as much as possible and just go around and get your points that way. Uh, it's it's the weak point though, I think that Chris and I started to notice is generally speaking, a lot of the crew does have a low willpower except for Nexus. Yeah. So you, you can manipulate them that way. Yeah, which is what he did with Gluttony. He you know, attacked me against the uh, Night Silk Creeper's willpower, which then pushed the Night Silk Creeper. Yeah. So what strats do you like Cadmus into, Chris? I know you haven't gotten a ton of games in, but which ones have you been like, okay, they're pretty good into this one? Yeah, so Turf War is obviously going to be good with Cadmus. Um, Corrupted Ley Lines is going to be good because they have a lot of models that you can, you know, throw, throw. Um, you, could, uh, you could drop them and break the line because they can deny quite a bit, like, you know, I was doing with you and Ma. Yeah, I think any board where you you can stay in the middle and just control, that's what Cadmus wants to be doing. They just want to be holding their line, controlling what's going on, denying you points, 
Uh, I would be careful in turf war though, because if you, you do have a lot of models, if they kill something, they can neutralize yours as well. Yeah, so the eyes and ears are insignificant. So and they're I mean, the easy, they're the, they're the easy models to take off the board. Meredith's not super easy. Night Silk Creeper's not easy. Archivist's not easy. I mean, I, I think that they are, if you get to them. Well, I, yeah, but I've got them surrounded. Yeah, I, I understand. In a little hive. So. But that's why you want to be careful with it, because if you do start losing a piece or two, you can get your stuff neutralized. They're not the, the hardest Absolutely. thing to kill. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I also think anything that puts out either shockwaves or blasts could be really good against Cadmus. Absolutely. Just because yep. you're spreading out a ton of damage and everybody's taking damage and it's hard for them to spread the heals out. Uh, one model you didn't talk about that's super good with Cadmus is the, the Emissary or even the Effigy because you can put yep. out your heal aura and if they pass duel, they heal, they can send it on to somebody else. Yeah, and they have a lot of a lot of dueling, uh, a lot of simple duels yeah. and a lot of uh, uh, offensive dueling. Yeah, for sure. So definitely that. I think schemes, anything with markers, they're going to be good with. They put out a lot of markers. Uh, anything where you need to control an area of the board, like claim jump, they'll be decent at. So they can definitely do a good job of controlling the center. So anything that focuses around the center, I definitely think about bringing them. Yeah, they're not so good when it comes to going out and getting something because they like to stay in their hive bubble, basically. Yeah. Um, so not your assassinates, you know, stuff like that. Okay, so I think that's a good point. What's the weak point, do we think, of Cadmus? Is there a weak point? <laughs> Mayor Absolutely. Stanley. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, Meredith, take out Meredith and you're good. Take out Nexus. It's almost like you don't want to take out Nexus because she really, I mean, she's a good, she's a good master. But when you take out Nexus, you pass that upgrade onto Meredith if you leave Meredith alive. And then yeah. Meredith is bringing out two Berserker Husks a turn as long as she has the eyes and ears and the web markers. Yeah. Um, because she gets to activate twice. Yeah, I think there's a couple of models you want to look at taking out. I think if you can chew through the uh, the Shambling Nests, I think that's something that's worth taking out just because they put out Parasite tokens. They're they're tough. They're controlling. So I think those are worth going after. Like I said, well, Meredith. Yeah. Uh, obviously, if you can kill the Master, that's always good. Uh, the Archivist and the Spell Eaters are also good to kill. So basically anything that's not the summon models. <laughs> yeah, spell, spell eaters are hard to kill, though, because they take away all your suits, so you're never going to get any triggers on, on them. Yeah. And the Archivist, yeah. I mean, the Archivist is, you know, arguably kind of like, I mean, he's a good model, gets you two extra, you draw know, uh, you get to draw cards, you get initiative plus two. Um, yeah, I mean, he's good, but he's, I mean, he's not necessary to the crew. Well, no, I think he actually is because... Like you said, it's a little card draw, but I also think the big thing that helps you out is the plus two to initiative. It's, it's yeah, it counters all of the models that you get. Yeah, yeah that's the thing where I'm, uh, it's annoying, especially early when there's not a huge gap. Turn one and going into turn two, the Nexus player is probably going to get turn two just because that plus two. It's so. not, it's not every round, to be honest. Because the plus two, if if they are in battery, uh, in parity, like they have the same amount of models, 
uh, for the first like two turns. Because after that, I can see just things just going off the rails. Oh, yeah. But like turns one and two, I'm making the husk, you fight back, you know, yeah, yeah. one of you two is going to get the turn upper one. Hand. Turn one, you make three eyes and ears. Jesus, take the wheel. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> turn, turn one, you make three eyes and ears. So you set it up with uh, the web or the Night Silk Creeper where you drop a web marker and then you give another model staggered and stunned, drop another web marker as long as you have a, a tome. And then with the Archivist, you ping yourself for a point of damage, shoot somebody, one of your own models, throw out another web marker, so and then do it again. I mean, why not? You got four web markers. Yeah positioned correctly and then with nexus you turn three of those into eyes and ears meredith stanley you get the last one turn into a berserker husk so you've got three extra models turn one yeah i think the weakness of this crew is if you are a maneuverable crew and you can go in and get the important pieces that's the weakness Mm. because once those pieces are done the other models are just crap by themselves yeah so the Night Silk Creeper and um, the Archivist are both Cadmus models. So both of them, Nexus can target with her second activation and move them up. So yeah. they don't have to use their move on their turn. They can sit in the back doing, you know, what they need to do, setting things up, and then you can move them forward. Hmm. Yeah, it's Nexus is very synergistic, a very good crew. I like it. I'm surprised it's, it's not played a lot more than it is, than I've well, seen. And I think part of the problem is the next crew we're going to talk about is this is the one I've actually heard some people say that you could arguably just throw this crew down in any of the strats and schemes and be okay. Go ahead, Dixon. Uh, one last thing about Nick, uh, Cadmus is uh, for general knowledge, there's a model called crypto- Cryptologist from the Wastrels. Yeah, I like Cryptologist. He Seriously. has ancient technology. That ability allows you to make two Berserker Husk a turn. So you can. Just... Oh yeah, I forgot about. That's a good point. Yeah, right. So damn I, it, Dixon. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Hey man, people have to be ready about it. I, you have to know. They about do. It. Yeah, because somebody's gonna drop it on you. But yeah, cryptologists—they use ancient technology and they make it so that uh, that Meredith Stanley basically gets a second activation. She doesn't have to wait until Nexus dies to make two Berserker Husk. No, it's antique timepiece. It's their bonus. It's not ancient technology. Ancient technology is oh. one where they can decide not to do it I, yeah you're, you're absolutely right. right i didn't even think about it. and it's funny because i knew the cryptologist i hate you and so I, re- much. I remember thinking about that but yeah that's two berserker husks. that's good oh look at my life <laughs> you're gonna be all right you're gonna be all right i just get to be the whipping boy no it, it he's good too because he also has the looted supplies which is another card draw yeah, yeah. But arguably, the, the reason why people are saying that, okay, yeah, they're cute. Okay, the other ones we're going to talk about are good uh, is because I think English Ivan is a thing and the DUA and Umbra keyword. So, Chris, this is kind of, I mean, you played a lot of him, obviously, when he first came out and you still like him a lot. This guy is just cool. This guy's doing a lot of cool things. Yeah, he's uh, fantastic. Fantastic. I can't say enough good things about him. The only drawback to English Ivan, and I'll go ahead and bring it out right in the beginning too, is if he's not playing against a high willpower crew, it's not a good thing. It is not a good thing. <laughs> don't bring willpower six against English Ivan. I I, I played two competitive games in, in the team tournaments and I got rolled both times by English Ivan. Absolutely. And I, and I brought zero 
willpower six bottles. Yeah, he's, he's still good. Yeah, he's still, he's still good. good. I mean, he's he still drops nocturnes at five, Davis at at seven. You know, so Davis for Davis for what they are are stupid good. They're good. Yeah, they're good. They have clingy lacquer. No, they have clingy. Yeah, clingy. I play the bass crew. He killed pretty much every model except Bass himself and the Sandworm. <laughs> then what I played. Love. Oh my god! And then <laughs> then I played Sonia, and I made damn sure that Sonia never spawned a Broken Spectre because God forbid. All right, well, before, <laughs> before we get into all the feel bads here, <laughs> Chris, what is this crew doing? So we're we're getting into it a lot, right? Quick, because I think most people know. But what does this crew do? Yeah, so this crew is putting down shadow markers, which. Uh, are concealing markers, which are fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. So you get concealing bonuses with English Ivan and all of his keyword. Yeah, it's reverse. Uh, it's it's reverse. So you get positives instead of negatives for concealment. Same with Friendly Fire um, and same with Distracted. So English Ivan's crew, Gibson DeWalt, he throws out Distracted on all of your, your friendly models, just throws it out there. They have to take willpower tests. But I mean, it's it's not horrible. You usually get distracted on all your models, and it's two. It's not distracted one. It's distracted two. Yeah, and this this crew has a lot of ranged attacks where they really benefit from that. Where yeah, so they're getting positives. It's just yeah, it's nasty. And all your all your umbras are these shadows that also create concealing concealing. Yeah, so right. they have a bubble where the area within one inch of them is is concealing <laughs> concealing terrain. So. They just stand in key spots, and they give out the concealing bonus as well. All right, and, uh, and then, then there's, there's a second big part here. So what's the second big thing that he does with the willpower? And then he summons models, which we loosely hinted at a couple seconds ago. So he he could, has a ranged shot to where he could take away any of his positives to give himself built-in crows. For two crow triggers, he could bring in a model that's worth at least plus two of what the willpower he's shooting against. So if you're shooting at a six willpower model, he can bring what Pete Dixon were talking about, Brock Inspectors, which are arguably one of the best models in his crew, in the Umbra keyword. In the game. Because, yeah, they, yeah. They, <laughs> they shut down healing within three inches of themselves. It, yeah, and the key, I think the key thing here too is you. there's not a target number on it. You don't have to meet a target number to summon, you know, a model. So this is one of the more consistent things where it's like, oh, you won the duel and you had two crows, you get a model. You don't yeah, need you resources. That's the thing that infuriates me about it. Like I'm not I'm not a happy camper. After I got rolled, <laughs> after I got destroyed, I was like, I started thinking about it. I'm like, I miss Neverborn. I had all the answers in Neverborn for this. I'm playing guild now and it's just horrible. Oh, oh it's and the Brock Inspector is not even done with it shutting down healing within three. It's also terrifying eleven, and it has Faraday Collar, which is a defense willpower resistance bad. trigger that gives the model distracted one. So they're staying in the yeah, fight. It, su it sucks them in too, right? Yep. You know, it, and that's one of its abilities: is it sucks in anybody who fails a twelve move. Bad. It pulls them in three inches, and then it pings them for damage. And so you might be thinking here, looking at Ivan's card and looking at his models, and you're, you're, you're sitting there looking at it and saying, okay, well, at least Ivan's slow, and at least his crew's pretty slow. He's, yeah, absolutely not. But he's not. 
He's not, because not only does Gibson put out Distracted, he also puts out an anti-luminal bridge, which is his bonus. If he gets a mask trigger, which is so easy to do, he gets to pick uh, a friendly shadow marker within six inches of himself and another shadow marker within six inches of himself and that other marker. And they're now a bridge for all Umbra models to cross over. And then to top that, English Ivan has the ability to push friendly shadow markers six inches. So he can just just yeet that up the board and then walk on the first marker and he's immediately teleported to the second marker. So that game with base was corners. So I was not actually able to get to the midline like we said normally because corners is a pain in the butt. Yeah. And I mean, you're still starting eight inches up the board if you you built your I I did. I did. And he still got to the center before I did. I just want to point out I just want to point out this mother... <laughs> that sounds like a bad matchup because of all the concealment for Bass. I ignore it. Oh, yeah. I guess he like a lot of his stuff does, doesn't it? Yeah, but I'm made of Pepper Mache, so literally yeah. he would activate, teleport, you know, within range, kill a model, and then he'd be immune to retaliation unless I'm shooting at him with, like, godlike weaponry, which he wouldn't let me. Like, it was bad. It was really, really bad. <laughs> yeah, and English Ivan also has the ability, if you ever put a condition on him, he mm. just searches it over to Mr. Mordrake. So. Oh, also that Gibson, was terrible. Gibson yeah. can heal him, too. I, I put and him Gibson down to can like, heal all Umbra models, absolutely. So I put him down to three health, and then he healed him back up, like, almost full. Well, and he could use those shadow markers to uh, to reduce all damage to zero. That's yeah, make right sure, there. kids, you know where those shadow markers are, because... Your opponent will hide them, and then they take no damage because they shadow, remove them. Yeah, shadow marker within two inches of English Ivan. He could sh- just remove that shadow marker and reduce the... I was playing Brewmaster, and I'm like, hey, go ahead and take six damage. And he's like, shadow marker. Good. Yeah. yeah, he got really upset, too. I didn't see it. He hit it behind a wall. Bro says, I destroyed all the shadow markers, and I, I still got... like I know that I didn't play really good or well, but like... It, oh, I'm so I'm so upset. If you can get <laughs> Ivan away, so if you can get Ivan away from the shadow markers, he's actually super easy to kill. Yeah, that's that's the key though. You have to get him away from the shadow markers. You have to get him away from the crew, and it it's just it can be a real chore. But if you do it, you can kill him pretty easy. Yep. Yeah, he doesn't have a lot of defensive triggers. I mean, no. he doesn't have any defensive triggers, so he just has you know defense five, willpower six. So yeah, so bringing marker removal is huge against this crew. Because you can clear out, clear out the markers and then go into them. Yeah, that's he puts I, out a idea. lot. Yeah, he yeah. puts out a lot of markers. And sure. everybody in his crew has a trigger that puts down a, a shadow, friendly shadow marker. I mean, literally uh, everyone in his crew. You have to also learn to have a play because, like, what destroyed me is I, I it took me like a turn and a half to figure out how to deal with the devas because, like, he would drop a deva and then I had like oh, I, I didn't remember. Uh, a good yeah, way to move do away it. and it pops over right yeah back it, it was a pain yeah so like i had to like figure out on the fly yeah because it's like a move 13 so it's a pretty tough duel that yep. isn't isn't in, like easy yep also he hits and, it. Th- and then when he places he gets a free free swing at you yeah <laughs> oh it's so bad yeah why not They're made to kill whenever this model's placed it may take a melee action yeah, I, I'm not a fan of English Ivan. He's I, so uh, so. I know we're not fans of him. The mo- the crew's cool, but Dixon, what what strats do you think he's really good into? Symbols, break the line, 
I don't know about turf war because you can kill the 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 shadow monsters fairly easily once you get the hang of it. Like like, like I said, it's like you have to figure out how to kill it, but then once you figure it out, it's actually not that hard. Yeah, I think symbols, corrupted ley lines, it's pretty can be pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I don't know, but I haven't seen him in Break the Line yet, so I'm not sure about that one. Oh, yeah. But I, mean, he I think teleport. he'd be good into it. Yeah, he can teleport anywhere. Most of his crew can teleport anywhere, and then he can just, like, pop, move it, especially more Drake. Well, I think the reason why he's also just good is because almost I can look at any schemes, and I can look at the strats, and you could drop him almost into any pool. He's just He's very flexible. Yeah. That's that's absolutely true. I mean, you like I said, you can play him on turf war, as long as you force your opponent to kill the the shadow monsters the turn that they are summoned. Actually, no, that wouldn't even work. Yeah, you, okay. So you have to be careful. You have to be careful how you summon I, I th- models. I think if you're gonna play turf war, you mm-hmm. have to be able to force your opponent to play on their half of the table. Yeah. So you have to be pretty aggressive at that point because if something does go, you know south mm-hmm. you want to make sure it's happening on their side so you're still keeping your turf yep. war markers yeah between corvus and in gibson uh you pretty much have a solid base of, of operations because like gibson's a great support and then corvus can just go ham but i think when we get into seeker i think that'll kind of be where I'm, i think most people will say seeker in my opinion is better at turf war so we'll get, oh, we'll get into that when we talk about him absolutely but uh, Chris, before we uh, move on, Chris, to the next keyword, uh, we we talked a little bit how we could basically drop Umbra and and Dua, and the only thing we said they might not be as solid into is Turf War, just because some of their models can be killed and negate the markers and things like that. Uh, what's another weakness that you think for English Ivan that that uh, really makes it hard for him? A weakness against English Ivan that makes it hard for him. Yeah, makes it makes it where it's like, okay, this is something that can make English Ivan struggle. I mean, a lot of, of ping damage. So if you have a if you're going against a master that has a lot of you know one damage, one damage, one damage, one damage, he he does not excel at that. He will take that and keep taking it, and he's it's, it's horrible. He doesn't have a lot of ways to heal himself. So I, I miss Pandora so much, so <laughs> much when I was playing that matchup. I was like. I wish I had you or Titania. What, what about marker removal? Is that uh, can that cause problems too? Well, so if you play against a if you're playing a master that has a lot of ping damage, it doesn't really matter because it's it, he doesn't have five or six shadow markers around him. <laughs> He's only got one or two shadow well, markers. And you around. you don't want to take away a shadow marker for one damage. You're waiting for that like big second dream cast kind of swing, right? Where they're coming in with a exactly. safari punch yeah. and yeah, that's when you want to remove it for sure. So, so a lot of free attacks against you know against a model that does something plank plank damage. A lot of plank yeah. damage. He definitely suffers greatly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree with that for sure. I think, and he's not unbeatable. I've beaten you when you played English Ivan, you know, a handful of times. Uh, he's just solid. You just have to know the matchup, and and there's a lot of workarounds that you have to be aware of. Yeah, absolutely. He's uh, he's another one of those uh, masters where he's very synergistic with the rest of his crew. So yeah. all his crew kind of help him do different things. Uh, so definitely a very synergistic. So you need to get your reps in with these masters. Yeah, and I definitely agree with that. So the next keyword we're going to talk about is EVS. Now, 
I'm not a smart man, so you guys are going to have to walk me through this one because I feel like this is one of those beautiful mind crews where if you love, you know, matching the stars and, you know, calculating the possibilities, you're going to love this crew. If you're a simpleton like me, you're just looking at this like, just tell me what you're doing and just do your thing. Yeah, I'm not super thrilled with EVS. I've played, you know, a handful of games with them. They're good. They're a good crew. Don't get me wrong. It's just they don't excel at anything. I, I except for so. card draw. Except for card draw. They draw as many and making cards as they want. and making crappy cards good and your opponent's good cards bad. It's, well, it's, yes, absolutely. So you're going to win duels, That's the worst. but not. I mean, it's not as much as you would think it is. It's, a beautiful, it's a beautiful mind crew. That's what I'm saying it is you have to really link the activations together here to have these. So the thing we're talking about with this is they have this ability and basically it is called. Uh, let's if, they cheat, if they cheat in a card that matches their suit and each of the different models has their own suit, like configuration suit. Yeah, so reconfigure. Excel, yeah, they excel at masks or they excel at crows. They excel at tomes. They're smart, you know, stuff like that. Kind of what would make sense with their with what they do. Like Dr. Beebe is a tome. He's a doctor. Obviously, he's book smarts type thing. Maxine being the master, she gets to choose her reconfigure suit at the start during the start phase. So every turn she could change it to what you kind of have a lot of cards. That's where this is really cool though, because if you know that there's a crew and they really use a lot of masks, you can choose a mask. And then if they do, if they flip a mask during the duel with Maxine, it's counted as a, what a one or something. Yeah. Uh, yes. It's counted. It's as a value of a one. Absolutely. So if you're going against guild, choose Rams, and they're never going to get their rams when they duel against Maxine. Dixon, what about you? I mean, are, are you a simpleton like me, or can you see the possibilities with this crew? No, I see the possibilities. The problem with them is, uh, how, can I, how can I say this? Numbers, they're a jack of all trades, man. They're, that, they're not great at anything. So, so they, they do a lot of things really well, except they cannot overcome base stats. So like stat five, if you're stat six, doesn't matter how many nines you have, my 10 is going to hit you. You know, that that's kind of the idea. So pick and choose what you kill, kill it fast, move to the next one. You can't like have multiple fights most of the time. The thing that infuriates me about these guys is actually like they have a lot of answers that people have to like basically like position it right. And then you have to activate in a certain order. So if you have the right tool to stop that cascading effect, then EBS is really looks really bad. But in reality, they the fact that they have answers to pretty much everything in the game is actually huge. I mean, they only have one OP model, and that's it. And it's basically two models in one. Talking about Calypso? Yeah, absolutely. Calypso and Dr. BB, yeah. So yep. when you bring Dr. BB, Calypso turns from a six-point model to a four-point model. Mm-hmm. So together, they're 10 points, which is phenomenal. Yep. I mean, it's great because you well, can it, bring... Yeah, it makes it where you, you have to kill Dr. BB. You can't just go, oh, I'm going to kill Calypso. You can't. Yeah. Yeah, the, prob- the problem is, is Dr. BB dies to a stiff breeze. But he's inside Calypso for 90% of the game. I mean, maybe. <laughs> maybe. It depends. I... I've never seen Calypso is easy to kill. I mean, not easy to kill, but armor too. So when you kill Calypso, BB pops out and then you 
Kill BB. I was about to say, yeah, he's easy to kill if you have armor-ignoring weapons that are stat 6. Yeah, that's the problem I have <laughs> with it, is somehow this honking metal, just tentacle monster is defense 6, and I just I think of Mecha Meemaw and some of these other big beaters that are armored heavy. They're like defense 4 and 5. Yeah, like, so, the, like the Whiskey Golem. The Whiskey Golem is totally defense 4. Wait. Wait, no, he's not. No, it's five. It's five. No, yeah, no, he's no. five. No, no, That's he's weird. six. He's defense six. Whiskey oh, sorry, he's willpower defense. five. Oh, oh, so he's not even bad in the willpower department. He's defense no. six, willpower yeah. five. Calypso, Calypso's one willpower. <laughs> so, yeah, attack it with willpower, people. <laughs> unless, uh, of course, unless it's whatever's riding inside of uh, Calypso. That's the willpower of Calypso. Right. So I, if he's empty, he has a one, but if he has Dr. BB, the model I actually yeah. like better than that one is I actually like Harata Nagatoro. That model is really sick because it puts out this Haka effect where you can either get pluses. You can, if a, if a duel fails against models, friendly models within, what is it? Four, they take a point of damage. And yeah, it's, it's, within, it's good. It's within four. Absolutely. Just activate setup and watch your opponent fail and take damage. It's good. Good stuff. Yeah. But I mean, it. you could play around it very easily. You, you can. I'm just saying I, I like that aspect of it a lot. And decent beater, it's three, four, five damage that it has on the... Uh, he's a great beater, but the problem is, is he's never up front. He's always in the back. Yeah, probably. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, he's a, he's a strong beater. He's a every, good beater. Every game that I've had so far, when, when he's around, he's always in the center. He's not in yeah, the front line. Not in the back, but he's in the center. Yeah, he's in the center of the fight. Like he, you can see people surrounding him, and he's just like right there. It's like, come at me. Like he, I'm ready for you. So, Dixon, in your experience, what strats and schemes is this crew trying to do? See, that's the tricky part. They should be good at taking uh, the symbols of authority, but they're not. Yeah, they're not. I think the best one I've seen them played in, as far as when I played against them against Chris is probably corrupted ley lines that, because yeah. they have a good they have a good solid presence they can kind of manipulate what's going on and then you just have like orville in the back just moving the the lodestone around yep so their totem orville is good because he's not insignificant so he can go in and do the scheming for you and he's decently fast the tight collar has yep. three toss actions that's insane yeah yeah but other than that he's not any good he dies Again to a stiff breeze. He's armor. You would one. think he's like you would think that he'd be tough. He's not. He is not it, tough. it was pretty cute though to see Chris bring the bellhop porter to make the size of the tide collar bigger so he could toss Calypso up the board. Yeah. That was pretty funny. That's how it was. It was good. Yeah. It worked. It worked, but Maybe like I said, <laughs> it didn't do anything. It just got Calypso up the board to where Calypso can beat on some people and that's you know didn't didn't it wasn't amazing it wasn't like oh this is glorious or anything like that it didn't win you the game is what you're saying it did not win me the game uh yeah so i think corrupted ley lines is probably where i see this crew probably having most of most of what's going on i think any of the positional schemes like probably claim jump they're okay into yep um maybe outflank you can probably do okay there uh not so I, much because their pieces don't have a lot of survivability by themselves. Yeah. Bait, really... bait and switch, maybe. I don't know. I can see bait and switch. I definitely could see bait and switch. 
yeah, I think positional schemes like that is probably where you want them. Yeah. Also, yeah, the, there's a model called the machinist. That mach the machinist model, I I highly recommend it for a lot of matchups. You should definitely take a read of his front abilities. Oh yeah. no, he's machinist is awesome. That's, machinist is yeah. He's only got th what three abilities or something like that. That's Let me it. Go back to it. Yeah. yeah, deep discovery, I, but the eye of the hurricane. That's the big thing. That is the big thing. It's, yeah, friendly models within three may ignore um, the uh, the aura effects of enemy models. That's so you dumb. bring them into Pandora, and you know, candy and Pandora right there. It's candy, right? Candy's the one who also has the other yeah. aura. Yeah, yeah, but like yeah. You, you can also see other models that are not just that, like uh, the emissary for the uh, for the um, Neverborn. The same thing. He has grasp. You ignore yeah. that. The yeah. the the Jack Dawes uh, hanged where you can't. They have that six the, inch what's bubble. Jacuna. The crossroads. Yeah, Jacuna. The crossroads abilities. Every single one of them, you ignore it. Yeah, but the problem is they're only five health, <laughs> and they don't have any defensive. Danger, Will Robinson. I'm yep. in danger. I mean, they're five point models. You hide them behind your master and just say, just just keep that aura on me. Yeah, you're yeah, but, <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah, I think the the weakness with this crew is if you are especially a new player, this crew looks super cool. Mm -hmm. You don't want to play it. it, it it's going to be they're, they're extremely complicated. Dixon, this reminds me of when Guild Ball started putting a crap ton of stuff on the card, and you had to read, you know, for an hour of the card because there were so many paragraphs on the new mo like masters and stuff I, and captains. I, I remember season two. Um, what's his face? Midas. He he had a legendary ability that we had to go to judge rulings every single time because nobody would believe it. So <laughs> it's just like you read the thing, and you're like, so I don't here's get it. An, here's an example, right? <laughs> so this is why if you're a new player, and even if you're not, I I had to reread this like ten times. <laughs> so if you just look at the tide collar's backside, he has a bonus action that's called heavy torrent. So this is ten inch gun, right? All right. This model may take a, the toss action against the target, ignoring range, which gains a TN of 10 plus the size of that target. When resolving that action, reduce the distance the target would be pushed by an amount equal to the distance between this model and the target. And then I have to go up and read what toss does, which I'm not going to do. But that's what I'm saying. There's so many of these abilities where you just have to look at this card, then look at that ability, then go to that one, and how does this work? I don't know. I'm too dumb for this crew. Yeah, and you always have to keep in mind everyone's reconfigurabilities. That's, that's the one where if you're an opponent facing against EVS, that's the worst, because you flip, and then they cheat, and you cheat back, and you're like, aha, I'm winning now. Well, if they have their reconfigure, you might not be, because it's not maybe a three, but instead it's like counts as, what, a nine? It's a nine, yeah, exactly. I say that the deep discovery is significantly more annoying. Yeah, for deep sure. discovery. Yeah, deep discovery is good too. <laughs> Whenever you would uh, discard a card, draw a card instead, or something like that. No, that's the one where like I'm going to cheat, right? And I can discard a card to cheat with the the oh, oh yeah you top get card the other, of your you get the opponents opponent. yeah so exactly like, oh yeah. I read Joker on the fence oh okay that's cool I will also read Joker thank you very yeah, much I thought it was non Joker uh, if I remember correctly it didn't have that yeah no oh, no it, it is discard oh yeah non Joker you're right okay so suck it turds that's fine thirteen let's say a thirteen thirteen yeah I'll take a thirteen <laughs> I'll take a thirteen I was like oh we flip well, again and so it's also counts as you cheating fate so. Yeah. 
you can look at their masks or at their at their suits and you could be like, oh, well, they have a crow. I'm a crow suit. You know, it's a three. I'll just use that. Now I have a nine. Yeah. yeah, that's where it's good. Yeah. It's so yeah. Annoying. So I, I would just say this crew, if you like it, that's great. Hopefully you're smarter than Pete and you can figure it out. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was definitely trying my my uh, my brain, my consciousness. And I, I like complicated stuff like this. So. Yeah. I mean, the best that I can see is is a combination between Nagatoro and Calypso, and they're supposed to be your tanks, while the rest of the crew just does work. Yeah, but the problem is, is what work do they do? That's my problem. And Kia is also really good model, two four six, uh, reduce her shield to make it uh, irreducible damage, phenomenal. The only problem is she doesn't get anywhere quickly, and you want to keep her next to all your other models because. She has an ability to where if you um, if you would draw a card, you can instead draw any number of your reconfigure ability suit five and below. So you can you know, fill your hand right back up with, you know, four crows. All right. Well, I think it's time that we we go to Chris's baby here. So I think this is the crew that Chris is probably having the most love for that he enjoys the most when he drops if, if it's a if it's a pool that focuses on hanging around the center of the board and denying death, I mean you got you got to go with Jed. So she she's everlasting. She that's is my girl, man. That's my making, it, making yeah. it where you can't kill Woo! her stuff. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Has Mikhail died yet? I, I've killed I've killed yeah, Mikhail a couple times. A couple yeah, times, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. The key is you got to, that's the the thing that's the the give and take with this crew, but we'll talk about it here in a minute. So Chris, what is this everlasting life Jetsa doing on the board? Jetsa is staying in the middle of her crew as her crew moves up and she is a bubble crew. She is a brick bubble and she just, they move up. They all stay together. They all have different shenanigans. When you get, when you get healed, this happens, pushes. Or if an enemy model heals. Or if an enemy model heals, you can choose that enemy model as long as they're within six. You could choose the enemy model to uh, to suffer that damage instead. Or you can use it to proc your chronicle ability. Or I could use it to proc all different kinds of chronicle abilities. Absolutely. Yeah. So when a friendly model, when sorry, when another model heals within six of a model with chronicle, you get to do different things. So. Austere and Twiggy, you get to look at the top card of the Fate deck, and is it is that the one where you get to look at the top card of the Fate deck, and then I believe so. Yeah, and then you get to discard it. Sophie, which is the totem, you get to uh, discard a card to draw a card. Okay, I need to talk. I need to speak up right now about that. So, and Chris, this is a couple crews you do this with, but I never want to punch somebody in the face more. Then when somebody goes, I'm going to look at your cards. Yeah, I'm going to have absolutely. you discard that one, or I'm going to have you keep that one. I just, I just want to be like, don't touch my fucking shit. <laughs> Stop looking at my cards. Stop messing with my deck. Yeah, absolutely. Which is good. Don't touch my stuff. Yeah, don't, don't, don't touch my stuff. stuff. My stuff, nerd. <laughs> my stuff. <laughs> uh, and I think the other big part with Jedsa is the reason why she's a super hard bubble crew is because she a is able to manipulate these life tokens. So. She, she think, starts with two. Yeah, she starts with two. You get another one from I think Sophie. Sophie's yeah, camp by candlelight. 
with a ram trigger that's auto built into it. So you only need a six. And then when uh, something dies, you also get one. And then when anything dies around her, you get one as well. So Chris, what do these life tokens do? It's pretty dumb. Life tokens uh, heal a model when it dies. So it's, it's a, like, oh, good. I killed this model. Oh, no, it healed twice. because oh, used a... No, it does heal. Yes. Absolutely. So the, the key with this, though, is the model has to be within six of Jetsa. So if you have a model that you can pull out with either a lure or you can like maybe toss them or you can, you know, up we go, throw them to get them out of the six inch bubble, then kill it. That's what you need to do. It's tough sometimes because when you go in, Sometimes you don't get out of that crew. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Chris, so how did they make you pay when they try to come into the bubble and, and deal with your problems? Well, you have three beaters that are almost auto-includes with Jets' crew, so they just kind of kick your butt. So who are those beaters? Uh, you've got uh, Mikhail or Michael, depending on who you are and how you want to pronounce it. Um he is a phenomenal beater. Six defense, five willpower. He is slow, but his chronicle ability is when a model heals, he gets to place in base contact with it. So he's zipping all over the Well, board. and the problem with Mikhail, too, is that he, um, oh, what is it? It is dang caught in the ring. So he has the same ability as Tony, where if he's engaging you, you can't do an attack action into anybody else. It has Absolutely. to go in. Into Mikhail. But one yeah. very important difference. He's uh, range two melee. Yeah, yeah. he's range two and melee. she's so only a one. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, pretty it's really good. good. Yeah, it's really good. He also has the ability where uh, when he would take an action outside of its activation, he could choose not to do it. So obeys aren't going to work into him. Stuff like that. Yeah, it's really good. It's so dumb. Uh, and he has an auto proc heal on his weapon. So when he hits you... He could heal a model within four inches of the hit model, mm. one, and then he could place in the base contact. So he could literally skip through your lines to get to wherever he wants. Yeah, to. it's good. And it's it's a stat six. It's three, four, five damage. Uh, it can have a blast on it. So it, it's it's not a blast to play against. But what's the uh, there's another big beater that definitely a lot of people are always going to bring. Well, the Grave Goo is phenomenal. He is a great model. A lot of people are very scared of him because of some of his abilities. He can bury you, um, and then you have to pass a uh, a TN duel to unbury uh, into base contact with the Grave Goo. And th the Grave Goo's healing ability is when another model heals within six, um, enemy models get poison one if they're base well, to base. I, I also think the problem with this model, too, is that it's not super scary damage all the time, but also it just it can put out hazardous terrain because it can copy terrain essentially around it. Absolutely. And then it also, you have to, it's slippery. So you have to be base to base. You have to be to base, base. It. Or even engage it, I've learned. We played that one game and I thought I was locking it down. And you're like, no, you have to be base, no, base to engage me. You have to be base to base to be engaged. Look at Dick. Absolutely. <laughs> so pissed off. Yeah, the Grave Goo is phenomenal. He's not a super hard beater either. It's two, three, six. So it's not, you know, phenomenal. But his engulf, uh, what you do is you move him through terrain. Uh, throughout, you know, your pushes and pulls with uh, the lamplighter, stuff like that. And he gets a shield for every single time he goes through. He, he comes into contact, base contact. And the crow trigger. And the crow trigger. Oh, which and he has, yeah, which is built, yeah, built-in crow trigger. So his his engulf, which is the uh, the berry trigger, the consume upgrade, 
is uh, you immediately increase the duel's total by a shield. So I've had five shield on him before, and it's a stat 10 now. I, I try, think, to, try to beat that. I think the most pissed off I've been in a while was when the Grave Goo came in, engulfed the model, and then brought it back to your crew. Yep. I was so pissed off, and I'm just sitting there like, when I unbury from the stupid model i'm going to be in the middle of this nonsense yeah, you got base to base with the grave goo so he comes right back to wherever the gray goo is so bad and then the last beater which is a phenomenal phenomenal model the damned i mean he's a great model um he he gets a leap that has the auto mass built into it so it's you know he just needs a six um and then he has uh i think it's two four six let me look yeah, yeah two, four, four, six. Six. and he pushes, yeah. and he pushes, and he inches. pushes. Yeah, pushes two inches. Jesus. Yeah, it's good, and he also has breath of frost with a uh, a tome trigger. Instead of dropping blast markers, he gets to drop uh, ice pillars. Yeah, and I thought the the interesting thing about him though is you do have to be careful with the dam because of the leap he tends to get out away from the crew a little bit. Yeah, so the dam is a very easy model to kill. He Absolutely. is easy to kill. He is he's hard to wound. Like most of the crew, but that only saves him so much. Yeah, it only saves you so much. Absolutely, he doesn't have a lot of heal. I mean, he does. If he kills a model, then he could heal himself too. It's mm. any friendly or any model within two, he could heal. I believe it's any model within two. Yeah, any one friendly model within aura two can heal too. But he's got to kill a model, and you know. All right, Dixon. I need you to solve an argument for us. Okay. So these stupid lamp lighters can put out these stupid lamp markers, right? If you have two lamps that are on because you turn them on and once per activation, you can get a positive. So can he get a positive for one dual off of one and then get a positive off of another marker on another attack? If I remember, Same. If I remember correctly, you can only get one positive because one model can only get uh, one aura effect per sure makes yeah. sense so Which, we're playing it, unless so. a judge, yeah yeah unless a judge out there is listening in that can tell me otherwise and show me where i was saying that would be that's how it should be because they're different lamp no that's as for the rules a model can only be affected by an aura like by an instance of an well, aura once yeah but what chris is arguing is that it says once per activation you can do it from this one and then the next one you can do it off the other one it's not like you're benefiting from the aura in the same action ah no yeah you can do it that way because you can just choose okay i'll take this one now and then i'll take this other one yeah so he's not getting a double positive for one action but he right. can use this one yep. once per activation and then use the other one for the next action yes yeah so chris that's actually kind of what your argument was which is stupid but All i will right, accept cool. the premise I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's only because <laughs> yeah, I, I very frequently have multiple lit markers in the middle of my crew. So at least two. Yeah, at least two. So lamp lighters are there, and I know people focus on the beaters, but the lamp lighters so underrated. Everyone they, they get the synergy going. Well, Absolutely. If you heal, they can push, so they help. Right, and they crew. have they have their own push, so they have their own three inch push, and then heal. So they can push three and then push another one and then all the other triggers start happening. Yeah, absolutely. I will uh, turn one. I charge the lamplighter into the grave goo, do one point of damage, put burning one on there. That way the grave goo is always taking one. one. Yeah, always going to be taking one start of every activation. Oh, excuse me. Mm. 
And you can heal and move it at the same time. Well, he has regen. Yeah, yeah it has regen. It has, yeah, you heal it, move it, damage it again. Yeah, it's yeah. good. So looking at this, Chris, what strats and what schemes do you really like with Jetsa? Yeah, so the, the disappointing thing with Jetsa is they are only good at the sit around in one area and control that one area. So your turf wars are great at. Um, your corrupted ley lines they're great at because yeah, they do I was, I was say, that's two out of the four though you can bring Jedza and just kill it yeah absolutely and they're also good at break the you know they're good at break the line as well because you get into a position where you've got two of those markers you control half the board you can just stay there I think I agree with the break the line as long as it's not diagonal deployment I think yeah, if it's exactly. diagonal deployment they struggle more absolutely yeah because they, I mean, they do have a lot of movement shenanigans, but they don't have enough to get to spread forward. wide. Yeah, like exactly. I think they struggle wide. I, I, yeah. I so, would say anytime you can actually get them on wedge, it's it's like it's like a yeah, birthday wedge party. Is, wedge, is ter- wedge is terrible. <laughs> yeah, if if it's wedge corrupted or wedge turf war, just even put, wedge break the line. Just wedge put your put your fun hat away. It's not going to be a fun game. Just get you're it playing out. against Seeker. If you're going against an explorer, what was that? Well, that quote from Super Troopers: "Spread your legs and touch your toes." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that's that is, right. yeah, it, right. it feels like that. <laughs> you bear fucker, are you in danger? Yeah. <laughs> Oh man! So yeah, Jensa is a phenomenal, phenomenal master. I, I can't say enough. Good what about what about schemes? What do you like bringing? What do you like seeing? Uh, so again, the schemes that you like to control the board with. So you've got your claim jumps. Uh, research mission is a pretty big one because they can put out all different kinds of of markers. I mean, Absolutely. Oh yeah, so we dumb. also also they are super good at removing markers. They're also really good at removing markers. And because of a stare and Twiggy, they're very good at putting ski markers wherever the hell they please. Yeah, wherever the hell they please. Absolutely. So Austere and Twiggy has a bonus action that's a 12-inch gun. Yeah, we didn't even talk about that. Oh, she is stupid good. <laughs> yeah, she, she's really, yeah. She Not only does she have Scout Ahead. Um, ignores Line of Sight. Ignores, yeah. ignores Cover. Ignores Concealment. Yeah. And then she also has Herald, which gives her a free 6-inch move. Yeah, it's good. Whew. Tell you, man, Chris. These guys are strong. Is there any kind of weakness you can see into them? I don't nope. know. Ask, ask Dixon that. I don't like to talk bad about my my seeker models. That I I still think that they're super strong. In fact, that when we were doing the GG two changes, I in the introduction to the faction way back when, I said that they were going to be the top keyword. And even though that I'm wrong, because the numbers don't show it, I I have a a very, very... They should be the top keyword. I that know. Or Cadmus. Well, well, here's the thing, and I know a lot of people aren't going to agree with me with this. I would much... At me, And this is me as a Bayou player, so if you're a different faction, I can't speak to that. Me as a Bayou player, I would rather see English Ivan than Jetsa. That's just me. <laughs> Especially in the in the pools that we just talked about. Much rather deal with English Ivan. Absolutely. I can, I can bring yeah. my low willpower. I can just kind of... Yeah. Do my thing. When Ma, I, was I, here, I, yes, I feel like Maw. Very hard. Yeah. I say Maw has a good matchup. I think in the English Ivan. I I, I didn't even. We played Zip a couple times in the English Ivan. I didn't hate it because I'm so fast and can kind of choose where I'm going to be. I've played against Jetsa a lot because that's kind of your bay, Chris. And it's it's really you got to be careful going. In, you got to be very conservative going into it. You got to pick a 
apart the models. You got a block line of sight. I mean, the best matchup I've had recently into Jedsa was uh, was uh, Colette. Colette did a really good job going against that crew just because of, you know, the old switcheroo there. Yeah, that was not fun. <laughs> I brought <laughs> – so I did the old switcheroo onto uh, – Onto your dang, uh, what the hell is the cow's name? Sophie. Uh, Sophie. Sophie. I brought Sophie all the way over to the corner of the board and just killed it with a, a mecha arachnid. Oh yeah, my was, god! Yeah, it was so amazing. I was like, "You're not in six inches now, bitch." <laughs> they ignore. They ignore everything because they have to precise, and they hit like two, three. I four, did flip a red joker, five. so it was funny to do it in one shot. <laughs> uh, uh, but I was going to say and, that. You're, Say what? They're super weak to movement shenanigans, things to spread them out. And I think Will, Willpower, Chris, and I were talking about that. And this is actually one of the versatile models that I think you pointed out, Chris, was bringing uh, what's the, or not Maxine, it's um, Vernon and Wells. Yeah, because they can make it where Willpower is at a negative. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Vernon and Wells. And then I was also thinking about bringing a, a Crisis Core at a keyword. So Crisis Core and sit in the middle and extend those bubbles out to everybody. Yeah, so anything that can either lure certain pieces out, can place models apart, can, uh, I've had some success with the Soulstone Miners dropping in the back to kill some of the squishier models, um, and and then flipping that. So the idea that I have with the Soulstone Miners with Maw is to come down, place the model into a pit trap nearby outside of their six inch bubble, and then kill it. So that's been something I've had limited success with, um, but just ideas on the whole place them out of the six and then kill. Uh, just a, a reminder, soulstone miners are, are medium based, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that, that's a huge help because everything that they have is our aura base. So if you block line of sight to Jetsa, then they don't, Jetsa doesn't well, even get the, the life counter. Well, I was going to say another thing, and I've actually thought about this with Zip, is I've thought about either Zip or Maris just jumping into the middle and then just chucking her up the board and just saying, get the hell out of here, and then deal with the rest of the crew. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Anything that moves them out of place, just abuse I, I haven't told you about that idea yet, Chris, but that was one I was just like, you know, I could just zip on in there and just just chuck her out of the bubble. Yeah, they don't sure, have... Absolutely. Yeah, they don't have planted roots or anything that stops them from moving. That's literally their it's biggest true. weakness. Yeah, but lures don't work on Jedsa because she's like freaking willpower seven. Tell that Willpower to Wilson. Oh, so, my bad. Willpower eight. Tell it to Wilson. He he lured my Jetsa. Because <laughs> he well, killed my hand. Well, he killed my hand, and then after that, fair. I was top decking every single time, and he lured her like five times. I, I that's I mean that's rough, but that's also yeah. Yoko. Yoko just neuters your hand. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what happened. Like, oh, no hand. Now get over here. <laughs> yeah, just know I, I tried to, I was playing Brewmaster, and I've just learned Brewmaster is terrible into Explorers. Like, I actually like Brewmaster a lot, but into yeah. Explorers, it's not good. <laughs> oh. oh, man. So definitely those are a couple weaknesses. Uh, blocking line of sight to, from Jedsa to a model you're going to kill. Moving Jedsa or the piece out of the bubble, that's a big thing too. So it, it's definitely not impossible to tear the bubble apart but it once you get in there you're in there and you're probably gonna die <laughs> it's like a whirlpool yeah, don't, don't bring bad juju so close to uh so close yeah to regen oh regen is super bad against this crew because don't, yeah it... <laughs> don't bring don't bring anything you're that has a, a, anything with immortal demise 
anything with uh with regen anything that heals just don't bring it that's just like yeah. you're gonna kill yourself every single time you try that <laughs> yeah don't throw yourself so close stay away i think this is the last one before we get into the dual ones so the last one before we get into duel, which we'll go through real quick just because we've talked about them a little bit on the other faction guides, is Anya. So, Chris, what is Anya doing? I think hers is pretty straightforward. Yeah, Anya's a movement uh, crew, so she's all about, yeah, all about being fast. I want You want speed? Play Anya, absolutely. She, um, she can place herself. She's got speed six. She's got Sovereign, which lets her teleport. She's got, or not teleport, uh, fly with me. She's got Winston, which lets her get a dirigible ride. A lot of movement shenanigans with Anya. It's very, very nice. Yeah, and a big thing that you're going to see with her as well and her crew is it's all about the scheme markers. So they put out a crap ton of scheme markers. And if they're within line of sight of Anya, they become hazardous. So you're going to take a crap ton of damage. Yeah, absolutely. And she has a lot of push and pulls and stuff like that. So, And hostile work environments. So once she's in there doing damage, you can't t- you can't use stuff to like heal models to keep them in the fight. You can't target to move your models out if they're within that just because of hostile work environments. So she, she definitely is this very ambushy and then very much going to make it hard for you to disengage and survive once she engages. I think Corvus Rook is a pain in the dick too in this crew. Yeah, Corvus is great. It's just he's everyone knows to kind of just stay away from Corvus. So. <laughs> Corvus is yeah. just trying to run people down. That's his, that's his weakness. Is you stay away from Corvus. That's his. That's I mean, it. He's only speed six. Ignores like concealment. Ignores a whole bunch of defensive stuff. If you attack him, you have to discard a card or get a minus. And you have to be in base. He's a stat six on everything except his attack, which is stat seven. Like I don't know. This guy is it's pretty good. He's pretty good. Yeah, his melee reach is zero. Oh no, so sad. But they're going to be engaging you at zero anyways. <laughs> well, because yeah. of slippery, him having zero range melee means nothing. Chris just pissed because last time we played and he played Anya, I just zip just ignored Corvus Rook and just flew around him. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. and that actually that happens with a lot of games that I bring Corvus in. Uh, it's funny though because the last tournament game I played against Jesse, <laughs> I put Corvus as a claim jump, so I put Corvus right in the middle, and he had to figure out how to deal with Corvus, and he did not. He did not figure it. Well, out. I was gonna say claim jump. Corvus is just that's a pick for your scheme right there. Talking about some of the strengths, because he's gonna be in the middle, and people don't want to interact with him. People don't want to get involved with him because he's dropping scheme markers with some of the triggers. He's doing damage, and He's just you. He you have to sink has, so many resources to go into him. Absolutely. He also has flexible morality. So unless you discard a card, you're a minus. Um, you're a negative. You're a minus. And yeah. he's a henchman. So even if you focus to try Main to stone. ignore that, you can stone to just make it a minus flip anyway. The guy is really good. The guy is a, is a straight up monster. I think actually, and we've talked about this before. I think this sovereign is the one of the MVPs in this crew a lot of times. Yep, absolutely. And in that, you know, in that essence, he's usually the first model everyone goes for. Yep. Yeah, if you're smart, because he puts out stunned, he has a shockwave that can put out stunned. He has fly with me. He's, speed seven. Yeah, speed seven. Fast. 50, 50 millimeter base, speed seven. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Oh, and, and the stun is an AOE. And I think it also does damage, right? 
yeah, I believe it does I, I, one I damage. Yeah. It's just one. It's not a lot. It's it's still damage. No, no damage no. too. I'm sorry, but it's once per activation. And he's armored. So I mean, we talk yeah. about like killing him. You can't. This isn't a totem that you can just casually kill with a mid range, you know, minion or something like that. You have to go in hard on the sovereign to kill it because it's armor two, right? Yep. Yep. And it has a decent amount of boxes. I think it has like seven boxes. Six. Six boxes. Six. So it's not the easiest to kill, even with somebody like Maw Tucket. Yep. And I, I mean, I'm in like four damage or even five if I get two rams. I still need two swings to go into it. It's not going to be done in one swing. If I remember correctly, though, he has a bunch of stuff that heals too. Like you have a, f- a few ways to heal him, if I remember. Well, his his shockwave heals, and then um, his uh, his menacing talons have a heal one if they get the trigger. Gotcha. Yeah, the shockwave it um, he could just heal too. Yeah, they're just it's it's a solid crew. Uh, you start putting the, so the problem that you have, I think, and this is where some of the weaknesses are with Anya is if you have somebody who can remove a bunch of schemes, Anya can really struggle because she wants to interact with the schemes to do things and, and damage. So if you can bring something that can mass remove them, like 12 cups of coffee or some effect like that, it really, it really is miserable. I think Chris has almost gotten to the point where he doesn't like bringing Anya into Bayou just because of that. Yeah, the ridiculous amount of remove marker removal is just dumb. Well, anybody well, knows if, if you play against Bayou, they're going to be able to remove markers. It's just whether they bring the tech. Yeah, but one of your mark, one of your upgrades is just so bad for Anya. It's crazy because yeah. it has diversion, so no zero actions. And then on top of that, it has uh, mark territory, which removes all scheme markers. Like it's, it's really bad. I've for even Anya. been nice to Chris, and I haven't doubled up on 12 cups of coffee yet. Uh, if we play in a tournament, he best believe that's going to come if he drops Anya. So, <laughs> yeah, I, chances are I won't drop Anya against Bayou. So, and I think this is just whatever. a quick side note as well. I think it's important when you play against people, especially when you're kind of almost like sparring. Like Chris and I spar a lot, right? When it comes to Malifaux, and there's a lot of counter tech that you can bring. But I feel like when you're learning a crew, especially something like Explorers, or if I'm playing Bayou. And sometimes Chris and I make fun of each other because sometimes we don't do this well. But I think it is important to give them a fair look before you bring the anti-tech look. And sometimes we do a good job with that. Other times Chris is like, well, I'm glad I brought that fucking model to watch it die turn one. <laughs> yeah, Pete just goes hard into the model. I'm trying to learn. Yeah. Yep. Thanks. Appreciate that, Pete. That's, a, that's, an, that's an old war machine thing. I'm pretty sure you guys both have it as a holdover from war machine oh i brought this new model that i want to try out this solo right here kill it moves the entire yeah moves the entire <laughs> army into that concession and kills him <laughs> oh man i th- that is true i mean war machine does make you aggro as hell i feel just because that's built into the game but uh chris so we talked about some of the strengths what's some of the strats you like and i i know symbols for sure is the big one for anya yeah symbols is the big one for anya and then you've got uh you know, if you want to do um, corrupted ley lines, because they have phenomenal ability just to move. Every almost every model in her crew has some kind of movement shenanigans. Yeah, you just can't um, do the place effects, but still, you get up and move. Yeah, but when I mean, Winston's got Fortune's Favor, which he can yeah. do twice, and then he's got Dirigible Ride, which is a place, so you can't do. Old Dirigible Ride. Dirigible Ride. Uh, 
Chris, what are they bad? Like, so scheme wise, any, we know anything with scheme markers, they're going to be strong into. I don't think we need to delve into that too much. Uh, they're also pretty killy, so they can do some of the kill strats, but what are they weak at? So what is this crew when you bring it going to struggle with? I got to pull out my phone here so I can look up all the different schemes. I can tell you right now that anything that they have to do as defense, they're not very good because they usually like they're to cross not, the yeah. midline. Yeah, they like to go yeah. across the midline and then be on your face. Yeah. Which is so, a, yeah, they so, struggle, yeah. you know, countering. I, I would say that's the strong part of them is if they can alpha strike you super hard and get you fighting in your either deployment zone or your half of the board, the Anya player is probably winning that game. I think the struggle against Anya is that once your opponent gets out from you and you don't have them bogged down and struggling in your scheme mess, okay, then how are you going to win the game? And if, if they're harder hitting than you, you might just die. So I posit, because this happened a few times when I played against her, um, I was playing Neverborn, so obviously it's going to be first mate, because I like to play... Um, Chris hates first mate. But no, no, but that's actually a good point. That's like, uh, if I was playing Outcast, it would be Midnight Stalker. Now that I'm playing Guild, it's probably going to be the, the Lone Marshal or the Pale Rider. Like, it's very mobile models that can accomplish their schemes and strategies by themselves. They're just going to, like, pass right through that line, that's the, the line of skirmish, and then they're going to start scoring points. And you can have the rest of your crew try to fight off Anya. And Anya's actually not that uh, sturdy. She dies. Yeah. Well, in the last game we played, I brought Zip, and Chris went into Zip pretty hard with Anya and a couple of oper operatives. So literally, I did my blast off and then moved like 14 inches away from Anya. And literally, Chris was just trying to chase after Zip, and it ended up costing him the game because he was so out of position. So, I mean, if you can start doing that with your mobile models against to get theirs off task, that's where Anya can struggle because they need to go kill while they're going and then go do their running scheme. It's 100% like that's what I've seen is you're going to have to fight off Anya while your scheme runner, single scheme runner, is trying to avoid death. Yeah, so which Chris, Chris killed uh, Zip. I think it was turn three. But, I mean, he didn't have anything to deal with the first mate at that point, and Anya had to go score at that point in the game. So Anya was pretty much reduced to go get the symbols. Yeah, yeah, she was a scheme runner, which she can do, and she does it great. So yeah, she does it great. It's and almost she's, like Tara. She's putting down, spread them out while she's going along. So I mean, it works out well. It's just it's your master doing all your scheme. Yeah. Everything else kind of sits in the back. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So definitely a cool master, though. Some people are down on that crew a little bit, but I think symbols is a really strong symbols and anything with scheme markers are you're going to see Anya, and they're going to do it really well. Uh, and she'll she'll give you some headaches. It took me a while to figure out how to play into it. Yeah, I think the first couple of games that we played, Anya was, was so in, Yeah, Anya was in your deployment zone turn one, and you were just like, "What do I do? I can't do anything." Yeah. All right, so we're not going to talk about these last two masters for a lot. I actually am going to kind of mention them in the same breath here. So we have Bass, and then we have McCabe. So. I'll kind of do one off because I think it might be the best way to do this. But Chris, what do you think about Bass real quick? And what does he bring to Explorers? Bass is a phenomenal and to break the line, everything else he struggles at because most of his models and his keyword die to uh, not even a stiff Reese. I mean, they just, just die. die. <laughs> yeah, they just die. But 
break the line, he starts off at the middle line, basically. Um, even in corners, Dixon, I don't know what you were doing wrong, but even in corners, he starts right there. And you move all the markers, and then it's just dealing, letting your opponent they're trying figure to catch out up. how they're going to catch up. Uh, I was playing um, against uh, English Ivan, and he teleported half his crew into the midline before no, I was no, able I mean, to I get it. it, but you were like, you weren't at the midline yet. No. I even was, at corners, you should be at the midline. I was uh, six inches away from the midline, so I literally had to like double walk to get to one of the Okay, characters. all right, all right. I'll give that to you. Except, but, yeah, Bass is... the, the Rough Rider. My Rough Rider got to the first one on turn one, and I moved it immediately. Yeah, so if it, me, just me, if I were going into English Ivan with Bass, then I'm bringing all stringers with the uh, upgrades attached so they could take you know those shots, ignore concealment, line of sight, right, or you know, stuff like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, bass is in your face, a lot of shooty, uh, they can put out a lot of concealment, which doesn't do much for English you know, Ivan. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, bass is in your face. All right. And then, so his weakness, we already said is he's definitely very killable. Uh, you can listen to some of the, uh, I think we talked about him on the guild a little bit more. So definitely check that, check that out. I don't want to spend a ton of time here. Uh, Dixon, real quick, what does McCabe do for Explorers? I think he's actually, I'd argue he's probably the weakest master in Explorers. Yeah. You can correct me if I'm wrong. No, no, he is. He is. After the nerf, which I found it very strange because he he was basically dangerous as a secondary master because he was super solo, right? Yeah. And then they made him now a really mediocre support solo. And all he does is he does this Rube Gold machine where he makes other models be badass. The only model that's like insane is, is Sid. You give Sid the Time Ward sword and all of a sudden he's a murderous, you know, rampaging yeah. guy. But that's it. That's, it. that's the only model. Yeah, Lucas is a, a total shit model now. I I did not enjoy playing him. I, I, don't, I don't think you're going to see original McCabe anymore because the new McCabe is a lot better. Oh yeah, yeah, he is. He's 100%. Good. He's the new Super Solo, if you think about it. He's just yeah. not as broken as the old one. Yeah, because he's not on a horse moving around super quick anymore. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's definitely something to keep in mind is uh, McCabe's tricky. I We did a good job on uh, the 10 Thunder one talking about him. So if you are interested in McCabe, definitely check that out. It might be a little bit different just because of the nerf, because the nerf came severely after that one. But still give it a listen. There's some good stuff on there. So we got two more things that I mainly want to talk about, and then we'll kind of just briefly talk at the end here. But looking at versatile models. So, Chris, you have a lot of experience with versatiles. What are some that really float your fancy? Uh, Alpinist and the, the Alpinist. Uh, the Alpinist or <laughs> Alpinist, however you want to pronounce it. Um, Dude, the, great, versa the versatiles model. are so fucking good in this fact. It explores, yeah, they are. So the Alpinus lets you move through friendly models, lets you ignore terrain. It's awesome. Um, he also has a, uh, a 50-foot silken rope, I think is what it's called. He lets you, he pushes you or pulls you towards him, and then he moves towards you. So he can, uh, it's situational, but it's good. Um, and then uh, the Emissary. The Emissary and the Effigy are both phenomenal, phenomenal versatile models. I mean, as most Emissary and Effigies are in each of the factions. But this one with the heel, and the, it's it's funny because Pete, you know, I bring the Effigy more than I bring the Emissary. 
because in my opinion, the effigy is better. He's got the uh, the two-inch range, push four, and then he follows, and then he could do that to another model. Um, it, it's it's such good movement. It's gotten you out of trouble, too, with models that are about to die or models that you need to move up the board. Absolutely. Uh, in, in case people didn't know, Tannenbaum is a freaking versatile. So Tannenbaum is a versatile. So he has manipulative, he has ink fingers, so it causes the opponent to discard their hand at the end of the at the end of the round. So they're not saving those thirteen, you know, eleven pluses. Black they gotta use them. Yeah. Black jokers, red jokers, you know, whatever you want to save. Yeah, and he can change your schemes up. So if you, you know, messed up one of your schemes, you can, you know, switch into a different scheme. So that's definitely good. Uh, the yeah. last one that I think is actually sorry, there's two that are very good tech pieces. They're not good to bring every time, but Vernon Wells, we we talked about a little bit, they can help make willpower duels a little more bearable um, just because it can make it where it puts your opponent on a negative. And then Jesse Holiday is just good for removing markers. Yeah, Jesse's great at removing markers. And quickly, I just want to mention Tannenbaum because Tannenbaum can win you games. You can straight up oh. win you a game. Oh, absolutely. You've got the uh, the ability to, well, to change your schemes, like we mentioned. But, you know, if you're, if you screwed up and you brought a scheme you think you're going to be able to do, and then, oh, you're not, then all you need is a 13. Yeah. I just, you got to, that. I just want to emphasize how game winning. Yeah. Is. Because you can be <laughs> like, oh, I brought claim jump with Corvus Rook. Oh, Corvus Rook somehow died. Yeah. So now I can't get those two points. So now I'm going to switch. Or, or, yeah. or turn two, got the point with Corvus Rook. My opponent now figures out how to kill him in turn four. Tannenbaum or prevent it just from being there. Correct, and then Tannenbaum activates uh, and changes it to something else. It's just like yeah. what the crap. <laughs> yep, and then you can get the you can get the you know the end round scoring. Yep. Yeah. So, so the versatile is so good. Well, I also want to mention Vernon and Wells, which he's a newer versatile model. It just came out uh, last month, I believe. Um, end end of last month, beginning of this month. He's a good model. He's a very good model. He's a good scheme runner. He can do it by himself. Um, and then the model that I'm looking forward to are the botanists, which look like a lot of fun. I hate that thing. I hate it with a passion. Why? The botanists or Vernon and Wells? Dude, no, 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 the botanists. Because the botanists, you can easily remove two markers and then like buff one or two botanists. Like just other models can just remove them. And now the botanist has two row tokens and there's defense seven, willpower six, movement six, size four. Yeah. That's it's just not okay. It's just not it's okay. good. It's good. <laughs> calm down. Just calm down. Oh, with three actions and with three actions, of course, because onward is a walk action. For, onward is a walk action. For, right, and they have planted roots. So know, but once they get the two grow tokens, they need a four to get onward off. I guess yeah, so it's, stupid. It's fine. Calm down. <laughs> so definitely good versatile models. What about these upgrades? Upgrades are something with explorers that I don't know, it's been hit or miss with me. I've I've seen them where they're okay and then other times I've seen them where Chris forgets about them because it's not super good. So any of these you guys like? Well flush with cash is okay because it lets you shirk off one attack against your model. But you're giving up a soul stone. Unfortunately, you're giving up a soul stone. Not only are you giving up a soul stone, you're giving a soul stone. So it's not that you're giving up, but you're also giving. Yeah. I mean you I, have to discard a soul stone and then the other one adds a soul stone. I think I actually on flush with cash, I actually like it if it's on a minion better. 
because I think just the ability to just draw draw three cards is just solid. True. Well, it's once per game. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, yeah. how many times do you is that big though? It's actually bigger than that uh, because it's it you draw up to your maximum hand size, so you can cheat in the beginning. Let's say like you cheat, you flip. Uh, you're winning. You cheat again. Like you can go down to like z to like three, two, four to three cards. Now you discard oh, three yeah, and then okay. draw back up to your maximum hand size. Yeah, I never thought about it that way. And you're absolutely right. You keep cheating in. Yep. And it happens after you roll for initiative. So you flip for initiative. You know who's gonna go first. Then you can go. Okay, now blame. And it happened to me. Yeah. Like he, like, oh. It was rough. Well, in, insurance is also good. So when after a friendly model within six is killed by an enemy model, you add a soul stone. So, yeah, so yeah, dumb. it's good. Yeah. You know why that's so dumb? Because in Cadmus, that means that every ice and ears becomes a soul stone. <laughs> that's super well, dumb. But you have to, it, it has to be killed by an enemy action. So, okay, that's yeah. fine. It's going to happen. Yeah. All right, what about the other two? Anything else? Anything to write home about the other two? Yeah. Hidden. Well, Hidden Agenda is good because you could cheat with your card face down, which is great because now your opponent's like, well, is he going to cheat higher? Is he going to cheat lower? What's going on? Yep. Uh, and then uh, after once per activation, so it only happens once again, you know, in each activation, if the enemy model cheats, then they suffer one damage. So it's incentive for you to throw that model up a little bit further. But at the same time, it's still only once per activation. See, I think my favorite is actually Treasure Map. And I think I like Treasure Map because it has it gives your model deadly pursuit. Yes. But then also you can just remove a marker. So yes. that's just it's not a scheme marker, it's just any marker. Yeah, but and was, if you're a minion, you get just draw a card. Yeah, but that's a situationally that's a situation. But it's only really one, good. it's only one inch. Okay. It's not like buy use three inch, remove as many scheme markers as you fucking want. Man, that sounds that sounds hateful. That sounds hateful. That's yeah, no hate, no hate, no, no. But like hidden agendas, uh, the the backup plan. That thing actually triggers basically once per model, like once per model in the vicinity per activation. So it's it's actually really it's bigger than normal. Like you get two to three damage every single turn. Basically, it's not bad. It's either I don't cheat and you suffer consequences, or I cheat and suffer consequences. <laughs> like it's really Robert. bad. Yeah, exactly. It's profit. Oh man, so yeah, yeah I mean, explorers, yeah, have a lot of good upgrades. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna. They're not the best, yeah, but they're not the best. So like they're all you, good. Yeah, they are good. All right, so with these faction guides, there's always a few things I like to talk about at the end. So first thing I like to talk about is what are the top three masters of this faction? So if you had to pick the top three, how would you rank them? So I, I'm gonna start here just because. You I'll know, jump right in on that. I'm just going to jump right in before I get Chris's nonsense. <laughs> so uh, I think the masters that I think are the strongest is I do. I think English Ivan is at the top just because he's more flexible. I would then put Jedza because Jedza is just strong into what she's strong at. And then number three underneath that's got to be Cadmus. So that's my one, two, three. How do you think, Chris? Give it to me. Yeah, oh, I'm going with Jetsa's number one. Yeah, I'm probably going to agree. Jetsa is so good at everything that her crew does that it's hard not to play her. Chris finds excuses yeah, too. After Jetsa, I'm going to go with English Ivan. But the only, I mean, the, like I said, the downside of English Ivan is if you're going against low willpower, you 
you've kind of screwed yourself a little bit. Yeah, not getting a Brock inspector definitely makes me giggle because I'm just like, fuck that model. I'm not seeing it this game. It's not I mean, happening. Davis, Davis and Nocturnes are both still really viable, good models. But when a Brock inspector slams on the table, it's yeah. just so bad. Yeah, yeah, it's bad. Absolutely. I mean, not, like, I, uh, like I was saying, Nocturnes and Davis are way better than they should be. Like, yes, I don't understand they why they're Absolutely. as good as they are. Yeah, because they're like models. defense six. I think they're both defense six. Yeah. It's it's so ridiculous. They're defense six concealed in... Uh, they can they create concealment. They are the yeah. concealment. And they have good attacks. Like, their attacks... Yeah, they all, they all have defense six. So all of the summoned Umbra models are all low will, lower willpower. So, Chris, who's your number three then? It's Cadmus all the way. Come <laughs> on. Cadmus is awesome. I love Cadmus. And... Now that the Dixon brought up the cryptologist, I think I'm going to love him even more. So, Chris, here's here's the question though. I, I so I can see Cadmus. Are are you hesitant to try them in a tournament just because of time? Well, the more I play Cadmus, the faster I get with Cadmus. So I just I need a lot more reps. So you're just like, I, I don't care if I have 15 models. I'm just going to get good at it, huh? Yeah. So, but the thing is with Cadmus, a lot of the models, you know what you're going to do. It's not like Hamlin was where you kind of have replace, replace, replace. Yeah. All these different things. Cadmus, you know what the eyes and ears are going to do. You're going to keep a couple back. You're going to send a couple forward Hmm. with the night silk creeper. You're going to put right in the middle to be situational, to go pounce on something. Uh, Meredith Stanley, you keep him right by your side. Archivist, you're going up on one side. Same with the uh, spell eaters. So I mean they're all pretty common sense. They they all they all shine at what they do, and you want them to do what they do. Dixon, do you concur? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, in you the can order get that fast with Nexus. Well, Jetsa, or who's your number one, Dixon? Jetsa or uh, Ivan? Jetsa. He just said it the same order. Come on, man. I'm Jetsa. trying to hear after your voice. You just keep Dixon. talking. Shut Dixon up. Dixon and I have the same love affair with Jetsa. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I I I, I said it. I said it way back when, and I still am. Like, I don't care what the numbers say. Like, every single time I see Jetsa, she just crushes so hard. Yeah, she's the good. The reason why I put English Ivan at one is just because of the flexibility for. Because when I think about the master, I think about okay, if I in most situations would this master be good? And I just think I think about corner deployment. I think about flank deployment. I think about if it was symbols or something where you have to go a little bit. I just think Ivan can flex better into that. Right. Whereas Jedza, if it's not in the middle and your opponent can just ignore your nonsense as much as possible, then I think Jedza can have problems with that for sure. Okay. Yeah, but that's why I bring her into. I bring her in. I understand. She's welcome in. I I would bring her in three out of the four deployments. Don't don't care what the mission is. Even her. Yeah, you, her entire crew moves up. I mean, you've got the lamplighter that has everything in her crew has some type of movement standing And places and things like that, for sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, so looking at explorers, I mean, when we compare them to other factions, would you guys say that they are the stronger faction at the moment? Absolutely. They're not. definitely at the top. No. Like towards the top. Dixon, Dixon's over here nodding his head. Like, absolutely. I agree 100%. I don't think, I, I don't think explorers are the top faction. Absolutely. The numbers, not. the numbers show it. They're crushing like every tournament that you the see. The numbers online. show it because everybody's jumping on explorers. There's oh, not the you know have what? all, save all. So you're making the good players are going to play good factions and win games? Absolutely. 
I think that as more releases come out, uh, Explorers is going to start showing its uh, its power because we, we only have Vassal. And yes, Vassal has hundreds of games already logged in that show that Explorers is definitely the best faction. But in-person games and in-person tournaments, we're just starting to see it. So I, I still say that we're going to start noticing uh, more and more times uh, Explorers being the best faction. So I think the reason why Explorers are at least at the top. Uh, I'll give you the top. I'm not giving you the best. Like, well, who do you think is the best then? I'm not, I'm not going into that. That's a different. That's a different. Podcast. So he doesn't know. He doesn't know. He's just trying to save his ass there. So, but looking at it, the reason why I think they're at least towards the top, you could still, in my mind, make an argument. I think that Ten Thunders and I think Rezzers are probably still up there as far as. Some of the, and I think even Arcanists have a lot of strong masters, but not as strong, like as deep. I think Explorers are a deep faction. They have a lot of really solid, really good masters. And the reason why I think they're also really strong towards the tops is because not only do they have so many things that can answer your question, so I can stop your conditions, I can stop you from healing, I can stop you from placing, I can stop you from moving, I can you know prevent you from killing my models. They have so many of those answers, but then they also pose a lot of questions. How are you going to deal with all this flack in front of Cadmus? How are you going to get the models out of my can't kill bubble? How are you going to deal with English Ivan's concealment and bringing up all these you know, awesome summons? So I think that's why explorers are so solid right now and really towards the top is because they answer questions and they pose really strong questions. Yeah, the answers their their answers are really strong and their questions are just like dumbfounding sometimes. Yeah, because they do so many unique things I think that we haven't seen in the game, which is awesome because I like how they're playing with the uh, the design space. Hmm. And I think and you said Dixon, we'll see how they're strong. I actually think that they might lose a little bit of power as these titles come out because I think some of these titles are going to do really strong things. I think uh, okay, so you posted something that I was thinking about the the other day. I think the titles are gonna shake up with the meta is because there's some, oh, yeah. there's some titles that are disgusting. Like I love the Perdita some, release. Some titles, most of the titles Dude, are disgusting. I I am. Let me say that I'm a little bit scared of uh, Neverborn. I think Neverborn has some scary crap. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I don't think that any of the the titles in explorers make me go oh dear god uh, yeah i mean anya looks like she's gonna be a lot of fun oh fun yeah but like i didn't see anything that was like scary like i saw one chill and i was like jesus take the wheel what is what is this crap <laughs> yeah <laughs> did you see that model yeah the new von chill is going to be stupid good it's that stupid good sanity like that model is dumb oh my god he has yeah, and mature i like attacks. that though Oh yeah, for sure. Like they need to have something. Uh, the new Parker Barrels seems kind of meh. Have we seen the new Parker Barrels yet? Yeah. Where? My when mom. did they do the new Parker? I don't think they have. Oh, I think I'm thinking of Perdita because I saw. Yes, Perdita did get released, so yeah. we can keep that in. I'm sorry. Jesus. <laughs> Uh, so I do think I do agree with that. I think, and you want to know what? Maybe when they designed Explorers, they knew the titles were coming hmm. down the road. And they knew that would be a good balancing point. And honestly, there are a lot of crews that deal with Cadmus, or not Cadmus, but alone, but Explorers pretty well. Uh, I will say that when I play Bayou and I see an Explorer player, 
most of the time it's going to be either Zip or Maw. That's kind of my de default. Maw is pretty much my default. I'm playing Explorers. Okay, should I drop Maw? Probably. And Maw has enough tricks where I can deal with a lot of the crap. Yep. She's clearly uh, the most powerful master in Bayou, and she definitely can handle Explorers very well. Yeah, and I think it's either so that basically when I look as a Bayou player, when I look at Explorers, I look at them and I say, do I want to engage with them in this pool? If the answer is yes, it's probably Maw. And if the answer is no, it still might be Maw. But if it's no, I'm really looking at Zip, especially if it's symbols. So I think that's something that you need to look at with your faction is you need to figure out which masters are your Explorer ones, because I can guarantee you're going to see English Ivan, you're going to see Jedza, and maybe Cadmus if they're comfortable with it. Well, Cadmus is kind of new as well. So yeah. you kind of... Cadmus just came out last month. I mean, didn't just come out, but all well, the models finally and got released. I also think that a bad, a bad or new Cadmus player isn't going to be a win for them. Like it, it Cadmus. Yeah, they're going to eat up their clock. Absolutely. Well, not I'm just eating that. up the clock, but there's so many interactions between the models, and even you, Chris. I had to remind you, like, hey, you can spread that damage out, or yeah, hey, you can heal that model, yeah. or hey, you can put it on my model because I have a parasite token now. Um, do you still have your influence tokens from Gilball? Because I recommend uh, that you lend that to to Chris so he can try it out. Why? Because you can, you know, I spread out this model influence token. I spread I spread out with this model influence token. Oh, I see what you're talking about. I got plenty of tokens. Yeah, I was saying Chris. Chris is the token master. Yeah, I've got like, more tokens than I know what to do with. But like the reason is like the influence tokens are so small yet they're very like recognizable. So yeah, that's why it's like if you have small tokens like that because like they're, they're the size they're smaller than a dime yeah <laughs> yeah so definitely explorers are awesome the models are amazing they play really strong uh if you really like explorers the aesthetics the play style is not gonna not gonna disappoint you uh they're definitely if you have not played against explorers before and you're gonna play in a tournament you need to get your reps in because you're gonna see them and they're going to be good. And if you don't know the tricks, you're going to be a sad panda and get angry and rage quit. Absolutely. I'll agree with that. <laughs> All right. Last minute thoughts on Explorers. Chris, make your pitch. What, why do you love these guys so much? I mean, they're fantastic all around faction. I mean, you, there's nothing not to love. They have great models, great aesthetically pleasing visually to the eye models. I had fun painting them. I hate painting. Uh, good faction, just great all around faction. Yeah, I think kind of adding to that, it, even if you are a snowflake and you're like, oh, I'm just going to solo Anya. Well, Anya's a really good master. Or, hey, I'm going to solo Apex. You can win games with Apex. Apex is one of the not as strong masters in Explorers, but they're still good. So even the not so-called not good keywords you can still win and do some really interesting things with apex is absolutely apex is the hardest hitting keyword in that faction yeah but there's just so much you could do to combat what yeah well i like i said once again i think if we go to gg3 and they put some killy strats back in 
I yeah, think you'll, right see, you'll see Apex come up because they're decent at it. We'll see Kin. We'll see Apex. We'll see, you know, any of those killy masters that For like sure. to stand back and shoot the crap out of things. Shout out to my Bayou. We got another model, and it was the title for Kin. So <laughs> old Ophelia can now hand out upgrades to non-totem models. Yeah, Love I'm it. excited for Anya and the Dredges, or the Dredges or whatever they are. Oh, we're, talking about that. we're talking about Bayou here, okay? No, Ophelia. I, we're talking about explorers. Why do, explorers. To, why do I have to share a family model with the kin? Like, that makes no sense. Because I stole Perdita's hat, and we are now akin to each other. Nah, I think that Sly is in love with Ophelia. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. She does have it's nice possible. curves. Yeah, she, she does. For a, grim, for a gremlin, she definitely looks good. <laughs> That's because she got those, you know, Daisy Dukes on and the old crop top, and she's ready to go. <laughs> All right, uh, Dixon, your last thoughts on explorers? I hate them. <laughs> hate them. Okay. Don't want to. Don't want to live with them. Don't want to deal uh, with them. This is not. Thankfully, this is not a video cast because I've been shaking my head like in disappointment yeah, the entire time. time. He's just like, yeah. Uh, Dixon explorers. got so mad he took his shirt off. It's true. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I put tassels on and started dancing for the guys. I'm I'm, I'm also guessing. <laughs> that, I wasn't going to mention that. Well, I'm guessing that since you know you had the hurricane come through, that you probably don't have AC running. <laughs> Yo, like right before uh, this is actually an interesting story. Right before I want to say like an hour and a half before we were going to record, I lost power and I texted them like 20 minutes later when I was like, "Uh, guys, I may not be able to record today." <laughs> <laughs> It's pretty bad. <laughs> got the got the generator up and going the, though, so it's okay. Yeah, but we had no internet. We only had the generator running for like essential stuff, like the for like the, the fridge and shit. Exactly right. I I hear you. I know. Yeah, but like we were like, all right. So what's going on? Why is that is coming up? Oh, the island lost power. I'm like the island, like the entire island lost power. What the crap? <laughs> Okay, and oh. so uh, we're glad that you guys got it. We're glad that it didn't directly hit y'all. Uh, yeah. Straight up, hopefully Louisiana. If we have anybody listening from Louisiana, hopefully you guys are safe because I know you guys got plowed pretty good. Yeah. But uh, last thing I'm going to say before we close this podcast up is I've been trying for the life of me to give this grave goo box away. So I had people that entered it, but then it was like a week, and they were they were weak themselves and bought the box before I could message them. So I'm going to tell you what. So on the Facebook page message the facebook page the first person that says i want the grave goo box i'm gonna send it to you i don't care who it is first person get this filth off my gaming table <laughs> just whoever messages me just say pete i want the grave goo box whoever the first person is that does that it's yours oh my god <laughs> <laughs> seriously i've talked to six people and they were like I, I just i picked it up and i'm like you son of a bitch <laughs> trying to do something nice for people uh, alright so uh, yeah thanks guys this was a good one the, the faction guides are always a little long but I think with that being said we're going to go and flip cards flip tables get your games in we will see y'all next time yeah peace out peace, peace.